Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Welcome in on a Monday morning. Man, that was a busy weekend. There was a lot going on, and we were going to cover the Utes, the Cougars, the Aggies, and the Jazz all in this first hour. Uh, A lot of NFL news, too. We'll have to get to that. Uh, We should have some big news later today. We'll find out what's going on with Zach Wilson and his knee. It looked bad. Uh, you know, whether it is bad, well, we'll find out. But he had to leave the game. He got hit. He said he felt a pop in his knee. And the Jets are worried it's the posterior cruciate ligament. Um, so MRI, and hopefully we hear something later today on that. Um, mostly the big dogs won in the NFL, with the exception of the Ravens, who got beat by the Bengals. So now the Bengals and Ravens are both 5-2. and two. The Raiders won big. They're 5-2. and two. The Titans put it on the Chiefs. They're five and two. Um, the Bills and the Chargers are both four and two. So, a lot of uh, craziness at the top of the AFC. In the NFC, you got a bunch of six and one teams trailing the undefeated Cardinals. They rolled Houston, so they're seven and zero. Oh. Uh, the Packers beat Washington easily, so they're six and one. Uh, the Packers, man, they lost that opener. They've looked good since then. They've looked good. The Bucks look great. They just handled the Bears ridiculously easily, so they're 6-1. and one. Uh, Rams, they were sweating it out. They came back to beat the Lions, but they're 6-1, and one, and the Cowboys uh, didn't play. They're 5-1, and one. so good races in the NFL. Let's get to the college football. Let's start with Utah State. They went Friday night. Let's listen to Coach Blake Anderson after the game. CSU, a great two-minute drive, and then total confusion on the field goal, and they didn't spike the ball, and they had too many guys on the field. Looked like they had like 15 guys out there at one point. And then they missed the field goal, and the Aggies win and lead the division and have, I think, a very good shot at winning that division now. Uh, here's Blake Anderson after the game. Coach, every week we're like, wow, can you top that? And every week after you find a way to top it. Congrats on the win. That is unbelievable. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's just, they're killing me. Um <laughs> A lot of really, really good things. I, I heard you guys talking. We we knew their we knew their defense was really good. There's a reason they're ranked in the top ten, and it showed. And they beat us up in a lot of areas. But you know, we we found ways to move it a little bit. We we should have been up another touchdown. You know, the 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 reverse pass. We lined up. We just absolutely lined up wrong, and 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 that would have that would have I thought thought give us a little bit of a little bit of wiggle room. But uh, man, these guys, they just keep playing. They just keep playing. We figure it out. As ugly as it may be, sometimes we figure it out. So I got to ask you, Coach, uh, um, and, and maybe we'll, we'll hold the question and, and operationally how you, you you finish a game like that. But uh, there were so many plays in this game that you know it looked like it, as you got the the return, the uh, the fumble the kickoff recovery right yeah. before the half looked like uh, you know Brandon Bowling drops a pass. It might have scored on it, and then yet in the fourth quarter he comes up with a big time third down catch um just i just marvel at these kids their willingness to stick with it enough to make just one more play and and i know we've talked about it over and over again but it's just something that's being inbred into this the squad it's amazing to watch well i've been with brandon bowling since he was 17 years old i think he's about 28 now i don't know how old he is he's played forever he just doesn't drop the ball and 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 he's super hard on himself it's funny that you say that because we were coming out at halftime. I gave him hard. I said, "You drop, you drop a cross route." He looked at me. You know, he just had that look on his face. He's like, "You, know, I know, coach." I said, "That's all right. You're gonna make a, you're gonna make a big one this half." And and he actually dropped another little easy one, and then made the toughest catch maybe of the night. So, 
proud of, of how our guys just continue to fight and, and they keep lifting. I mean, Connor Coles, man, he couldn't make anything yeah. last week. Didn't make a, did not make a field goal on Tuesday at practice. Missed four straight. But our guys just lift him up and, and just encourage him and love on him. And then he goes out tonight and he's a stud. So I think we, we talked about it in the locker room. Yeah, I'm proud of the win. Obviously, love the fact that we were finding a ways, but the just the culture we're building and the and the way these guys love on each other and pull for each other and and got each other's back. I mean, that's that's even more important than what we're doing on the field in a lot of cases. Yeah, we're. I, I was going to bring up Connor Coles. Really proud of him and the perseverance and and especially when it's a six point game and and uh, and look, Colorado State go down and score a touchdown, but. But they to make it a two possession game to win the game, he just splits the uprights on that thing and in his pressure packed moment of of any kick he's ever had in his career and no big deal goes out there and gets it done and and I like the fact he brought up the fact that it's his teammates buoying him up and and your belief in him I loved you meeting him at the sideline or almost at midfield when he made the first kick it's just a great vibe with this team yeah just um, really it's it, it everybody's got to pull you know everybody's got to pull and 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 support each other, and, and it showed big tonight. The great thing about him, it, I thought his attitude was amazing all night. He, I turned to him a couple times during drives, and he looked at me as coach, I got it, I, I got it, I'm good. And, and I, he did an amazing job, never wavered, very calm all night long, technique was really good, and even a couple smiles on his face. But uh, it's uh, it's fun to watch guys, you know, really, really help lift each other up, and, and it, it means a lot. I don't think – it's kind of hard to calculate and really kind of measure, but when you got your guys on the sideline lifting you up, it just it just gives you that that boost that you need. It's fun to watch. So I got to ask you about the, those final few seconds. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sure you guys practice it all the time. I, I, I first of all it felt like the official took forever to wind the clock after the the, the catch with about 11 seconds to go. Second, uh, we were mesmerized, but they didn't come up and clock it. And they run the, the 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 kick unit out there. How do you practice that? What's your philosophy? I, I, I imagine you got to clock it right there and, and give your kicking unit a chance to get out of the field. But curious how you practice that. Yeah, we 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 obviously would have have killed the ball anytime out anytime you're outside of three seconds, you can kill it and without an issue. Uh, I think they were trying to do so, but there was clearly some miscommunication because they had they had field goal personnel running on the field and, and that's where the issue came I, I do think they got the benefit of a lot of extra time on the oh, clock yeah, they did. It, it should have run off I mean it, it should have run off and I looked at it at 11 and they still don't know what personnel they got on the field I'm shocked that that yeah. it didn't run uh, so there was clearly some th- something going on there but I think they intended to spike it and and just somewhere along the sideline you know, somebody somebody made a call, or some some communication didn't happen the way I'm sure the head coach wanted it to. And, and I mean, somebody have to ask him that. But they ended up with a bunch of people on the field, and it really put them at a standstill. And I don't think they had another choice. They end up I mean, they end up having to go to kick the field goal. They barely got it off as it was. So uh, we we benefited from uh, some sloppiness there and on their part. But we uh, we gave them plenty of sloppiness during the game too, so it was uh, it was payback maybe for some of the stuff we did poorly early in the game. Well, included in that was uh, it looked like from our vantage point that a a kick catch interference was 
<laughs> you don't have to comment enough, any enough further said, on that. Yep. Enough said. So there's that. You know, it evens itself out to, along the course of the game, and when you see that thing go sailing wide left, then what's the emotion at that point? I almost had a heart attack right there on the thirty-yard line. To be honest with you, <laughs> I, it happened so fast. It's almost like. Is it, was it real? Was was there a flag? Did it actually happen? So it, it just happened so fast. It's a blur. Um, I'm glad I didn't call a timeout. I was I was concerned that maybe I needed to, um, but uh, luckily we, you know, little breeze and pulled kick. We we survived by by a hair. Well, coach, uh, congrats on the win. Five and two. How important is this extra day off? Because this was a physical fight out there tonight. Yeah, we got we got beat up pretty good, and it'll it'll help. I mean, a day I'll do a little bit. It won't do enough. Uh, we'll be there'll be a lot of dudes this week. You know, with Hawaii coming in, I love the fact that we're playing at home and they got to come to us. But it'll it'll take all week to get some of these bodies healed up. That is a very big physical football team. That is that is a huge win for us to be able to survive that environment, that type of team, that type of uh, just the way they play, as good as their fronts are. That uh, that's huge for us. That and special teams was huge tonight. Really, special teams was huge um, in 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 some big areas too. I think that that might have been uh, something big. So we'll get these guys healed up, and regroup, reload, and get ready to go next Saturday. And you know, coach, three and one in in conference. I mean, uh, you really kind of have that inside track now to control your own destiny. Do you talk about that, or you, is it just always one at a time? It's it's one at a time. We're, we're you know. That's been the focus since I got here in January. Uh, that's not going to change. We just had that conversation in the locker room. I heard somebody say something about first place. I said, "Stop!" I just said, "Stop! Stop right there! Stop! <laughs> just stop!" Yeah. All we can control is how we work and how we prepare every day. If we do what we're supposed to, all that stuff will mean something at the end. Keep your focus where it needs to be, and that is on improving. We still made a ton of mistakes tonight. Let's work on getting better this week. We don't need to be looking at scoreboards, records, nothing. We just need to be working on getting better. And they responded the right way. Uh, and, and I think that's that, to me, that is the best way for us to go about getting ready every week. All right, there's Utah State football coach Blake Anderson. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with the Jazz, Utes, and Cougars later in the hour. Stay with us. Ready, ready, ready. ready. Game week for the Utes in the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Utes return home to the friendly confines of Rice-Eccles Stadium for a key Pac-12 South Division battle against Chip Kelly and UCLA. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Ute pregame show Saturday with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! The 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Utah Jazz getting a few days off here. One in Sacramento Friday night. Um, don't play for three straight days, and then Tuesday night they host the Denver Nuggets, but this is their third day off today. Uh, Sunday after practice, we heard from Jordan Clarkson, had some interesting stuff to say about the Denver Nuggets and Jokic. And, you know, Jokic's second-round pick, and he wins the MVP. Clarkson was also a second-round pick. Yeah, Clarkson doesn't really like that second-round label. Here's Jordan. Denver's coming to town now. Where do you guys really need to improve, you know, to get the, you know, much better competition coming in? Uh... I mean, it's just been two games. I don't know uh, if it's a fact of, you know, uh, 
improving or whatever, but I know we locked in on ourselves and what we want to do. I know we're looking at every game as, you know, trying to prepare for, um, you know, later down on the road. So even with last game with Sacramento, uh, they gave us some looks and, um, you know, throughout the whole game that that's going to help us uh, move forward. So I think every game we kind of just uh, picking it apart, trying to figure it out. And, um, you know, I wouldn't say it's better competition. I feel like every team right now is uh, feels like, you know, they're in a playoff run or doing something. So we're going to get everybody's best shot and everybody's going to play hard, just like you see the first two teams that we played. Um, but, yeah, I think we just um, trying to continue to do what we do and, Keep pushing forward. Is that kind of maybe like a different mentality? Just you know, you guys finished with the best record last year. You're getting everyone's best shot now. How does that change? You know, your mentality. How do you prepare for that? Uh, I mean, it's simple. You know, we got one goal, and that's just to win every night. Uh, for us, that's our only way we preparing. You know, trying to get better for uh, later on down the road. We know we want to play for uh, and compete for at the end of the year. Um, but yeah, with everything said, I think. You know, us preparing, uh, taking best shots from guys, I think we started getting that last year a lot. Uh, so I think guys, we, we all kind of used to it. Uh, guys trying to pressure us, trying to be aggressive, you know, throwing defensive, during defenses and stuff at us. Uh, I think we've, uh, we've kind of seen a lot of everything. We're trying to just uh, picking it apart and figuring it out now. Talking to Quinn after, after the Kings game, he said to him it was just as simple as, you know, you guys started handling the physicality a little bit better as the game went on and started adjusting to it. What, was kind of, what were kind of those adjustments like? What, you know, when the Kings come out and, they're, and, and a team's playing you like that, like, obviously a little bit unexpected maybe, what's, what's the adjustment that you made to start countering that? Uh, just us uh, being aggressive as well. Um, you know, the flow of the game, you know, they tried to be aggressive, you know, push us off our lines and do all kind of stuff. Um, you know, you see it through the whole game. And, uh, what we did really was just, you know, take all the whatever we was doing and getting straight to the point. Uh, if that was just Don coming off, uh, attacking immediately, uh, hitting Rudy in the post, um, Boyan just knocking down open threes and shooting in somebody's face, uh, me going to the basket, just everybody just making plays. And then defensively, you know, us locking in, um, making rotations. Um, multiple efforts and stuff like that. So I think it's just us kind of just, uh, you know, turning it up a little bit more uh, mentally and then just letting it flow throughout the game. You, you were part of that 2014 draft class that was pretty hyped. Right. Do you remember the hype around that class? And I mean, you, obviously you were a second round guy. Were you part of that at all or kind of what was your perspective on it then? Uh, I mean, that draft class, uh, you know, I was, like I said, it was in the second round, so it wasn't too much hype. Uh, I wasn't really paying attention to it either, but, um, yeah, I don't know <laughs> what yeah, you was trying to get out of that question. I guess, let me ask you this, like, Jokic was also second round that that draft. I mean, does it kind of show, uh, like, second round guys can have, the, can, can kind of build a career for themselves in a, in a way that, like, you don't need the hype in order to succeed? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, like you said, he was the MVP last year. Um, and then you just see guys in that in that second round, Spencer Dinwiddie. It don't really matter where you get drafted and what number it is. It's you know how you put the work in, how you pick up concepts, and how fast you are uh, able to get adjusted to the NBA game. And 
Um, and that's it, really. You know, I, I mean, the draft is a draft. You know, the first guys, they get guaranteed money. Second round guys, you know, I don't know how it go now, but I knew it wasn't no guaranteed money uh, a lot in the second round. But, you know, all that stuff, you know, it plays its part and uh, does what it does at the end of the day. Do you remember which guys you were working out on against in the World Cup process? Um, I had Zach Levine a lot, uh, Alfred Payton. Um, I remember Marcus Smart, Nick Stauskas. Um, trying to think of. But those are most of the time I, who I would match up with in uh, workouts. There's Jordan Clarkson. Now here's Rudy Gobert, rebounding machine, 20 boards in one game, 21 in another game. I mean, he's not going to average 20 boards a game because it's been 50 years since that happened. <laughs> well, 52, I think. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain pulled it off. Um, but his career best is 13 and a half. And as he's about to explain, hey, more rebounds, more chances to run. Uh, that can only be a good thing. Here's Rudy. Rudy, what's been the Uh, I mean, I think it's just habit. Um, trying to make sure I don't give, uh, I do my work early, you know, don't give uh, all the teams more extra opportunities. And, uh, and I know that my teammates rely on me, you know, to, to go get these rebounds. So I really try to make it a point of emphasis every game. Cause I know that, uh, you know, we, we want to play great defense, but if you don't get a rebound, uh, doesn't really matter. You know, you got to end the defense with a rebound, and and then it allows us to to play, to run, and play the way we want to play offensively. Have you seen Hassan improve, kind of his fits with the team over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. You know, I think uh, uh, you know we we we, sp- we play in a specific way, and it takes you know a little time to to adapt. And uh, I think he's he's done a great job of you know. Uh, like being listening and observing too, and uh, I try to do my best to help him uh, to help him understand, you know, our, our philosophy and to push him. You know, I think we we try to motivate each other, push each other on some little stuff, and uh, and at the end, you know, he, he really helps the team. I mean that's you know that's why we brought him here. You know we we really wanted someone that can uh, and and was that kind of player too. You know he can really impact the game and I think he's a starter on most of on the majority of, of the other NBA teams. But uh, same with Hassan. You know we knew that uh, he could impact games for us and allow me to you know if I get in foul trouble if you know and also it's a 82 game so I don't want to play 40 minutes every night unless we really have to, but we don't want that. So it's, it's great to have somebody that can come in, uh, impact the games, and uh, and uh, and we know how good is our second unit, you know. Uh, Joe got ejected, but uh, we know how good, like, guys can, can, can play and uh, and impact the games for us. And it's, it's uh, I believe that every, every championship team, uh, the, the key is really about also the second unit. You know, we saw it with the Spurs back in the days, and 
uh, and even the Warriors. I mean, the the second unit is really important to 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 either like when you're down ten, all of a sudden second unit comes in and you, the starters come back. We we only down two or we up one. You know, instead of being down twenty, it makes a huge difference. Is it so much shopping? Like, <coughs> you know, surprising, as you could say that. Seeing the second unit gel so quickly, especially even without Joe that last game, is that you know somewhat surprised how quickly they've all kind of come together? No, there's no surprise. There's no surprise. You know, I mean, we got guys ready to to come in and, and contrib contribute and then bring something to in, into a specific game. Like Trent uh, came in the game and uh, and give us some amazing defense. And uh, yeah, some game is going to be him. Some game is going to be someone someone else. You know, and uh, and it's great to have guys that. You know, even they don't know if they might play, might not play, but they're always ready. And uh, you know, and when they come in, you know, they they impact the game. I know that your ultimate goal is, is just to win games, but you also take a lot of pride in what you do individually. Just given kind of the narrative that was out there after the the way the Clippers series ended, did you I don't know what. How those last three minutes of the, of the game Friday night? I, I always take pride. You know, you don't win. Uh, you don't win defensive players of the year without having pride. Uh, I've always had pride. Uh, I didn't watch much TV after the playoffs. Uh, I've seen some stuff a little bit on social media. Uh, it's, it's just opinions, you know, and opinions from people that most of the time don't even have the integrity to, to speak of what they really understand. Oh, they don't really understand the game, you know, and everyone that understands the game of basketball was able to, to see what really happened on the floor, you know, and, uh, and and it's one game, you know, you know, I'm, once again, I'm, uh, I'm far from perfect, but uh, I know that uh, I can impact games in a lot of ways, and uh, my team knows it, my front office knows it, and everybody in the league knows it. Uh, I mean, regardless of who they put on the floor, the key is to get stops. Uh, you know, if they want to play small, big, we want to play with two bigs, three bigs, uh, we're going to have to get stops. And, uh, you know, and for me, it's, uh, you know, analyzing what's going on, who is out there, who, what they're trying to do, <laughs> and then uh, be ready for that. You guys, I'm sorry, you guys are up against Jokic next, and I'm curious just kind of what your perspective is on him, and, and particularly the passing, right? Like, it's kind of his special element. How difficult are some of the passes that he makes from your point of view? And you know, I mean, he's a, he's a unique player. He's, you know, he was MVP for a reason. He had my vote for MVP, so he's a uh, yeah, he's a he's a he's a unique player, one of a kind, and uh, for me it's always a great challenge, you know, to to for me and for the team, you know, to to go against somebody like that, and uh, and yeah, the the passing, you know, it's it's easy it's easier to guard a great scorer, but to 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 have to guard a a guy that can score and can create for his teammates, you, you gotta be, uh, it makes you have to be a little more cautious, you know, when you want to help or. So it's it's a lot of responsibility on me, and uh, you know it's a, it's always a great challenge. You voted him number one MVP. I mean, obviously a lot of people did, majority of people did, but like why why did? You I thought I thought he he 
he carried his team throughout the season and I thought that his impact on the court was he was the most impactful player uh, definitely last year in the regular season yeah. throughout the I don't, I don't even know if he missed a game maybe one or but uh, people don't realize how hard it is to uh, to do it without taking games off and to carry the load every night for your team and you know and uh, the the other best player gets hurt and is able to keep them afloat. Uh, you know, it's, it was a great great season for him. Rudian, the last time that you guys saw the Nuggets in the latter part of the season last year, they didn't have Jamal, but they still gave you guys a pretty tough game that night, and they usually do. Do you do you circle those on the calendar? These games against these tough teams. I mean, we there's obviously there's some games when you know that you know there's a little extra, uh, and Denver is one of those teams. We know that. At the end of the season, uh, is those games that might be the difference between being first, second, or maybe being fourth, or fifth. So it's we we I think we we understand that. At the same time, we understand that it's a long season. So you know, it's it's uh, just a great opportunity for us to to keep getting better and you know and to uh, try to get a win like every single night. Do you uh, oh can I follow yeah, up real quick? Uh, Jordan was just in. He said that the idea that you guys were kind of the hunted team, that you guys were already dealing with that last year. Do you agree with that? That you felt the same kind of thing that you were going to get every team's best shot every night. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we—that's human nature. You know, it's normal when you when you start playing well and you start being first, second. I mean, you. You, everyone wants to wants to beat you. You know, everyone knows that if they don't come up, come out ready, they're gonna be down by quickly down by 20 or 30. So they give they give you best shot, their best shot, and uh, and for us it's it's great because we it's also easy in other way to to get comfortable when you when you play well. So we know that you know in this league there's no. <laughs> There is no off night. Uh, you know, whoever you play, you always have somebody that is motivated and try to prove himself. And uh, it's what makes what makes the league so interesting to watch, to follow. Hello, Rudy. Hope you're doing well. Rudy, what did you see or what did you learn about team maturity after the first couple of games of the season? About the way that you react to the adversities of the game, and do you feel that you are? In in better position than last season, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just feel like for us, every game, uh, we know that it's a long season, but we really want to use every game to try to get better as a team. And, and uh, I don't like to compare. I think every year is different. You know, every dynamic is different. And, uh, you know, you don't want to live in the past. We just want to take it one game at a time. With what we have now, the experiences that we have from the past, and and uh, and use that to keep getting better, and when it's playoff time, you know, be the the best team that we can be. There is Rudy Gobert. When we come back, the Utes and Cougars stay with us. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. Huh! Huh! 
It's back-to-back home games for Utah State as Blake Anderson and the Aggies square off against Hawaii in Maverick Stadium. Listen all week long for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch all the play-by-play action beginning with the Aggie pregame show Saturday at noon. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to check in with Kyle Whittingham after the Utes lose at Oregon State. I mean, Oregon State just ran the ball and ran the ball and ran the ball some more. Kyle will talk about it. Here he is. Okay. Uh, outstanding job by Oregon State. Heck of a football team. Uh, ran the ball uh, way too efficiently. Um, 260 yards running and uh, we just you know it's tough to tough to win a football game when you're when you're soft against the run they also hit some big passes up the field you know we need to do a better job finding the ball and, and making plays on balls up the field and, and so uh, give them all the credit they uh, you know, we got up 14-0 right out of the gate uh, went at half uh, up uh, you know what we have 10. 24-14 at half and came out of the second half and, and I don't want to say we were flat but they just they kept to their game plan kept running the football didn't change a thing and uh, started to get some some uh, big runs in the second half as well they were efficient in both halves I'm not saying the first half we were much better against the run because they still had a bunch of yards against the, uh, running the football in the first half but but a lot of positives for offense offense put up 450 yards of total 30 you know four points and and uh, didn't turn it over. Um, had some good individual performances. Uh, Cam performed well. Um, you know, maybe the biggest play of the game was a block punt, where the, for a touchdown that was uh, huge. We had an error in protection, uh, and they did a nice job with their scheme and, and got the punt. And, and uh, that I think was the biggest uh, play of the game. But it wasn't the only thing that <laughs> made us not come out on top, obviously. But that was that was uh, pivotal. But uh, from what I understand, we're still in first place in the South, at least uh, uh, tied for first with uh, a couple of the teams. And or, I don't know. You guys know? You can tell me better than me. Are we in first? Uh, time of there was the So we beat them head to head. So I guess theoretically we're still in first place, or technically. So, so a lot of positives going forward that we uh, have to play for. Of course, we were only not even halfway through the conference schedule. Four down, five to go. Um, told the guys, you know, don't hang your head. Just come back with resolve. This is a, this is a, a balanced conference that that has a lot of good teams, and and it's a lot of give and take in this league. And and uh, that's just how it is. And and again. Uh, they outperformed us tonight, uh, made a few more plays than we did, and uh, that was the, the storyline. Kyle, you guys knew coming into this game they were going to run the ball and they were mm-hmm. going to run it a lot. Yeah. How were they able to run it so you know, and be really productive? Their offensive line, first of all, I think they have the best offense in the, in the Pac-12, and statistically that will bear out. They, they, they have uh, they run the ball better than anybody. They score more points than anybody. They convert third downs better than anybody. Uh, I think they're second in total offense yards per game. And so they, they've been able to do that to pretty much everyone they play, uh, mostly. And uh, their offensive line is extremely efficient. They uh, they run that zone play and the stretch play as well as anybody in the country. And, and uh, they're well coached and they have an identity and they know exactly who they are and what they want to be and they stick to that. 
how frustrating was some of the red zone stuff either come away with no points or set up the field? Yeah, it was not. That was probably our, our weakest uh, area of offense tonight. And, and you know, the, those, I wouldn't have changed either of those calls, the fourth and twos down there. I mean, that's a goal. That's a solid goal analytically and in my mind. Uh, and the analytics, you know, back it up. So uh, I don't, I don't question any of the decisions we made. We just didn't execute as well as we needed to, and they made plays. Um, you know, the field goal, the 53-yard field goal, that would have been put us in better position. But yeah, that's a long kick, and and I think he had enough leg and just uh, hooked it to the left a little bit. But uh, you know, as you look back. Uh, I don't think there's anything we would have done different decision-wise. It's just, uh, you know, got, got outplayed really by a, by a very good team today. Just the way the offense played, was there still a sense that if the defense could just get one stop and just get off the field, yeah. they could still, still? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we, we got a lot of confidence in Cam Rising in that offense and got a lot of playmakers there. And and uh, like I said, we had 450-plus yards and 34 points. That's a pretty good outing, and typically that wins it for us. We, It's a, it's a rarity that... Uh, that kind of offensive production doesn't lead to a victory because our defense has been so consistent through the years. I know that uh, targeting has always been kind of a big thing for you. Yeah. I mean, without having gone back and looked at the tape, did you think that was a targeting call? I didn't. I, I mean, his head was down. He was trying to get out of the way of the quarterback's head and, and uh, avoid the helmet to helmet. And, and uh, I don't know if there's an appeal process. or probably not, but uh, that's a shame that uh, it was called. And, and uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong. It's just my opinion. But, but it looked from what I saw in the replay like, uh, you know, there's definitely not helmet to helmet. But, but uh, you know, as he was trying to get under the block, he, he did duck down. And, and uh, you know, the helmet was involved in the tackle, but not helmet to helmet. And how, how big of a loss is it going to be to not have it in the first half next game? Yeah, Devin's a playmaker, one of the best linebackers in the country, and we'll miss him in the first half uh, of next game. But, but uh, you know, you just got a next man up mentality and, and – uh, Keep going. There's been a, a slew of, um, of special team stuff that's going on between the 100 yard kickoff returns over two blocks tonight. What you know, what has to happen? Well, the the punt, the, the first one got blocked. It was 184 get off time, which is plenty. I mean, that's that's fast. And so we just had a shield there. Our shield gave up a soft spot interiorly, and the guy stuck his hand through, and and uh, that's what happened. That you know, the shield you got to be firm inside and if you can get help on the outside that's a bonus but you got to be sturdy inside and we weren't sturdy on the uh, on the inside on that one that I couldn't tell what was going on uh, the second one because I wasn't watching I was screaming for the official to notice that there was two number eights out there and uh, ultimately that ended up you know not hurting us because of the penalty and then they added 15 more on to the because of the what happened at the end there but but uh, we got to take a hard look at that protection and see if we need to change some people out or, or whatever we got to do to fix it. So we got our got our work cut out for us on that. From our angle on top, it seemed like maybe there were some calls that weren't made going both ways. Did you feel that on the field maybe there were some calls both ways? Yeah, I, I never complain about yeah. the, the officiating, and you know it's give and take, and I think everything evens out in the in the long run, and that's never. For me, anyway, a topic after a game of, of discussion because they're doing the best they can. And, and uh, like I said, I don't believe there's anybody's out to get anybody. I think it's just a, a matter of it all evens out in the long run.
All right, there's Kyle Whittingham after the Utes lose at Oregon State, their first loss in four Pac-12 games. BYU just won their fourth straight Pac-12 game. Stop a two-point conversion and win 21-19 at Washington State. Tyler Algier ran the ball really well. He had a huge day. Here's Tyler. Tyler being challenged after a couple of tough weeks and then responding. What was that like for you personally and as a team? Yeah, as a team, you know, like you said, just going through that adversity, but we knew we had to really step it up, and it literally shows uh, shows what a team what a team is like when you're going through that adversity and coming with the win today. So it shows a lot from our team. Kalani said you should be sore from all those carries. Are you? What's <laughs> um, tomorrow be like for you? Oh, it's a, a, a normal a normal Sunday. Sore. Always going to treatment. So should. Yeah, I'm a little a little banged up, but should be good. What was the the message in the huddle before that third down where ultimately you closed out this game? Get the first down. Yeah, literally like, yeah, just get the first down. You know, I, I believe that we could do it. After even the what was it the false start, false start that backed us up. Third and eleven, but I knew we could. Was it third and eleven? Third and eight. Third and eight. eight, Yeah, yeah, but I knew I knew we can do it because we we've done it for the past what five six games, just milking out the clock, the four minutes. So, what was it like to get that first down and you know get up and know that uh, that you'd, you'd salted it away? Shoot, that was, it was joy, you know, just joy, you know, all the hard work, you know, even uh, with James going down, but and Connor stepping up, it just showed a lot that we can trust the guys that that are second string, third string, whatever, that we, it just shows a lot from our team. Kalani said earlier in the week that he wanted to see the physicality again from the team. Did, did you guys kind of take that personally coming into this matchup? I would say, yeah. Yeah, I know we did. Um, literally, he said, yeah, like you said, just, um, Wait, say that again? Physicality. Physicality. Sorry. Say that question again, please. Did you guys just take that to heart coming into this matchup? That you wanted to show that on the field? Yeah, no, we did. Tyler, what was the celebration like in the locker room after ending the two-game losing streak? Everyone's dancing, dancing, sung the fight song, sung our fight song, everyone's dancing, so it was a good time in the locker room. What does this do for the confidence of the team going forward? Because you guys hadn't, you know, lost many games recently, and then, or, you know, over the course of your career lately. What does this do for the confidence going forward? Yeah, I would say it brings the confidence really back up. But you know, we're zero zero now. But we just got to keep that momentum going forward. What was what's it like being on the road like this, and you make a big play at the end, and it's as loud. I mean, you guys are used to it, but you know, getting a win in that last moment, and it's as loud as it was after that last play. Yeah. Sh- Shoot, you'll see, because uh, I would say the Wazoo fans were pretty loud, but with our BYU fans cheering after that, it was, that was something special. So shout out to Cougar Nation for coming out. Hope you guys travel safe. You mentioned James went down. Um, just maybe, can you speak to the, the, the production of the offensive line despite losing James on that offensive line? Yeah, I'll say James, yeah, because he's our, he's our leader. That's our captain right there. But, you know, uh, with Connor, with Connor coming in and stepping up, you know, he got a lot of reps in practice just in case. So, like, with any anything, with anything that happens, but it just shows the heart and grit that our O-line and our offense has. There's Tyler Algier. Now here's the head coach, Kalani Sataki. Well, uh, just start off by saying uh, really thankful we got the win. Close game. Um, really enjoyed the setting. Uh, had fun with the game. And uh, it was really cool to have our fans here. And, and uh, a lot of credit to Washington State. I know they're going through some uh, adversity and some, some change. And I thought those guys showed up ready to play and really motivated and 
when it comes down to it, we just made one more play than they did. So, but uh, the look at it, it was a pretty uh, balanced game. We we had a <clears throat> one turnover that we were able to possess, and I think that that and PAT was the difference in the game. So. Um, Glad that the guys played. I thought our guys played physical. I thought Washington State brought a lot of toughness and physicality to the game. And we, we still have a lot of things to fix, but I think just enjoy the game and enjoy the the uh, atmosphere and the environment and embrace everything that happened. I, I thought we had some <clears throat> really cool interaction with the Washington State fans and obviously our fans that are here too. So uh, just a lot of fun. Looking forward to building on this. and. Uh, glad we got this win. We're coming off of a slump, so uh, it's good to get things corrected and um, have this be uh, something that we can build on for next week. <clears throat> so I'll take any questions. How gratifying was it after that? <clears throat> the, the guys gave you the physicality that you wanted and you were able to close the game out there on the ground. Um, that seemed like kind of normal for this year. You know, it seemed like that's... Uh, we like having our offense on the field. and uh, Obviously... Um, Close games are, are difficult, but when you're playing some really tough uh, teams, I, I think uh, the, the schedule and the high level of opponents that we've been playing takes a soul on you, and I, I love the way our guys respond. I, I thought last week probably wasn't our best, but it was good lessons to learn, and we knew that we'd have to be physical, and Washington State on, on film, they're a physical team, and so I know they spread the ball out and things like that, but their whole line's a physical team, and we knew that we would have to do some things to stop their, their pass game but and, and maybe put some more stress on the D-line and, and play with some, some odd front. We did that and required them to, to have to stand up tall and, and take on two blockers. And um, I thought, for the most part, it did good. I, I thought it was kind of back and forth, but I just liked the response for our guys. I, I still think there's a lot of things we can fix and get better, but um, that's pretty much every game. You're going to have things that you can you can uh, fix. I, I like that our offense took care of the football and that, um, you know, ball security is something that's really important to us. So when, when you have tight games like this, it's important that uh, we don't turn the ball over and, and we were able to gain one. And so I, I thought we played smart football. Uh, we had some mistakes uh, that, that end up killing pretty good drives. You know, we had a lot of yards, um, but the same could be said for them too. So. Uh, but in these tight games, it comes down to guys just making one play more and everyone just depending on each other. I mean, it's easy to get down when you, when uh, Washington State scored that last touchdown, but we had to rally and, and try to find a way to make a play on the two-point conversion. And so just glad that we were able to make that play. I think that that was a difference in, in having our offense go out there and pound it out and, and, and run the ball. I'm just glad they didn't put me in a position to go for it on fourth down or, or to punt. Kalani, speaking of that, what was the conversation on the headset like going into that third down out of the timeout? Um, I, I think we just we knew that they that uh, they were out of timeouts, and it was just a question of do we um, punt the ball and try to pin them deep, which we have a really good punter, and Rico has got a great leg. Even in the sky area, he does a good job at pinning them deep. And, um, you know, that two-point lead, um, the field goal beats you. I think they would have had roughly a minute to, to do some things. Um, probably would have gone for it if it was fourth and, I don't know, whatever. Just glad that they don't put me in that position. But I'm probably leaning towards going for it. Talk about challenging Tyler Algier and then having him come out with 191 and, and finishing the game the way he did. 
Yeah, I thought he played really physical. I thought he was punishing some people at the end of runs. Saw a lower shoulder. I know he got banged up a little bit, but sometimes you just have to just, you know, gut through those things. And um, I mean, he's really sore right now, and that's how he should be every week. Um, he's a big-time player for us, and we need to utilize him that way. And I like what Jaron did. I thought he distributed the ball pretty well. Um, you know, I, I think we just had some, some plays, some mistakes. I'm trying to think of, um, I think we had a illegal formation uh, that, that moved us back and, you know, just a couple of mistakes like, like that, that that kind of hurt you and uh, had a sack uh, that, that took away something. We were past midfield. and But when you go against these, these type of teams and, and P5 opponent like Washington State and a motivated opponent, I mean, they were ready to play. And, I thought they had tons of energy. It was just a lot of fun, but uh, really fortunate and happy that we got the win. Kalani, it looks like you guys played a lot of nickel defense uh, today. What did you like about that package and maybe to counter the run-and-shoot offense from Wazoo? Well, they, they play with, um, I mean, 10 personnel, so four, four wides, right? So we saw um, on our film they have a lot of four wide, wide and so they're going to spread you out, and, and then they'll sometimes go bombers, which is double zero, which is all, all five wides, and so... Uh, that system, you know, and going into this, we know we knew that that there there's some change up in the, in the staff, but I don't know if they're going to go away from their identity, you know. And so they have people that are, you know, that that know know the run and shoot really well, and, and uh, so I, I thought they they look just like they normally do and call the game just as as they normally do. And I think Dolores is a, a fantastic player, so we tried to spy him a little bit, and uh, he still finds ways to to, to find windows to throw the ball and. He's just uh, such a young kid, but he's so, he has great poise, and, and he's uh, he has an ability to break free and run, and he utilizes his legs to help uh, create more time for himself. But uh, you know, I, th- I think our DBs did a good job of coverage. I thought they did some really good things, and I don't know exactly what what they ended up passing the ball with, but I would have taken 19 points if you asked me, you know. Um, before the game, I would have taken that against a high-powered offense like they have been, and especially the last three weeks that they've been playing, you know, going through this win streak that they had. A couple more questions. Your tackling at first was mm-hmm. a little shoddy, or, and it seemed to get better. Did you yeah. kind of light a fire under the guys, or why did that? Well, I mean, that's yeah. You want them to tackle. I, I think there's two things that that some great athletes out on the field, and so uh, Washington State makes a lot of people miss, you know. But I think for us, it's it's when we're just Throwing, throwing our bodies at people, and uh, I think for us to understand the shape of the defense and understand where our help is at, that's that's the key. Um, I don't think it's uh, out of the ordinary to miss some some tackles in, in space when you're going against great athletes. But I like the pursuit and the people that are showing up. And, it, and maybe what would get me more frustrated is the second, third, fourth missed tackle, right? But then you have these these uh, physical running backs like Borgi is and. And um, their receivers are really good players, and, and, and I mean they're really skilled. They got tons of athleticism and speed. Saw MP and Romney uh, go off on, on crutches. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the up- latest update you can provide on those guys? I don't know the details yet, but um, not season-ending. We we'll just have to wait and see. We'll probably find out more. I mean the season's a lot shorter now, so we'll see what happens. But um, doubtful for for next week. But we well, said that before with with Gunner, and then he showed up the next week. So I don't. I'll have more info on Monday. How impressed were you, though, question. with your offensive line to, to pound it out without MP? You get Tuco off of back, but uh, to have a guy like Connor Pay step in, you're able to pound it out on the ground. Yeah, Con- Connor Pay was big time for us. And, and to have 
him fill in and, and uh, play the, um, you know, on the road and snapping the ball. And he's got most of his reps set at guard, but to go to center and do that, he, he's a, I think he's one of our top players of the game. The guy made a lot of plays and made a lot of checks at the line of scrimmage and, um, you know, led, led that O-line. The O-line was really physical, played hard, and um, it shows in the stats and in the run game. So uh, looking forward to getting better and improving, but uh, I'm really pleased with the way that those guys showed up and the physicality that they showed on the field. There's BYU football coach Kalani Sataki. Stay with us. More in a moment right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by BYU wide receiver Samson Nakua. He is on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is underway. Take advantage of their saving now. Pay later promotion and do your part while sa- by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net. Samson, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. What is the emotion getting back in the wind column? Relief? Happiness? You're fired up for a win streak to close the season? What is what is the mood? Man, it just feels good to get back on track. Um, we had a big plan this season, and uh, I mean, we fell off a little bit, but it feels good to get back where we know we can uh, win and get back on our feet and just uh, get things rolling again. Um, we're feeling good, and uh, just ready to keep it going. So with your experience playing at the University of Utah, which is known for great running backs, you can speak to this, I think, because you've been on the teams with great running backs, NFL running backs, and then we see the bull, Tyler Algier, just steamroll everybody, particularly last Saturday. How does he compare with some of the great running backs that you've been teammates with? Um, He's definitely up there. Um, I put him um, up there definitely with Zach Moss. Um, Zach Moss, I got to witness live, and he was definitely one of the best running backs of my life seen. And uh, to come here and see what Tyle Deer has been doing has been, um, it, it's just another, it's like a movie, it's like a video game, what this kid does. Um, it, it's unbelievable, his work ethic, and then it just shows up on game day, and um, it all pays off for him. And it's honestly such a cool thing to see um, him killing it. And uh, I don't know, it just, it, um, he's definitely up there with Zach Moss, I put it. With the the big backs like that, do you do you hear the collisions on the field? I mean, does it sound yes. different? Yes, you could hear when he runs over someone. The guy squealing from underneath. You can hear the pads hitting, and then someone underneath ties is like, <laughs> just like crumpling underneath him, and it's so funny to hear it. <laughs> How weird was it play a team that had gone through that experience with losing half their coaching staff in the manner in which they did? Um, it was definitely a, a weird experience. It was definitely weird throughout the week because we didn't know what was happening. There were so many stories that the game could have been canceled or the, uh, the team could have gone on strike or something. But we went out there, and um, they actually came out and played one of their best games of the season. It, it looked like um, they were doing really good. They came out and played with some heart. Um, we're fighting the whole game, and uh, it just we came out with a little more heart, and we wanted it a little more than them. So you've played with really good uh, running backs, and now you're seeing a really good season from a receiver. Your brother is going nuts. 
but it looked like they were all sorts of focused on whatever happens, this guy doesn't beat us. Now, it turns out other players did beat them. But they weren't going to let this guy beat him. We can't always see what's happening downfield on TV. Sometimes they show us a replay or whatever. Uh, how was their secondary different than maybe what you guys had seen all year? Um, I think they're the biggest secondary we, we've gone against. Um, the corners were definitely a lot longer and a lot lengthier. Um, but other than that, um, I think it was just like almost any other team, any other corners and secondary we played. Um, I think we could have attacked them a little more to you know, help tie out a little bit. But shoot, we made it work and uh, we got the dub, honestly. So the school now has beaten four Power 5 teams, which I think is a record in the BYU uh, era as an independent playing these number of Power 5 teams. What does it mean to your football team to be able to do that? Um, I think it means a lot to the program and to the university. Um, We've been independent for so long now, and you know a lot of people don't see us as being a power school. Um, probably just you know see us as a T2 or something, but to come out this year and... Uh, put a spanking on a power five school it's going four and oh against them right now and um it feels good it shows everyone that last year was not a fluke that we can't really hang with anyone when we come out and play our best game and when everyone's locked in and focused and uh um it just shows that we can we're ready for the big 12 well it's not it's four and oh against the pac 12 but it's four and one against the power five teams because of uh the baylor loss yeah are, are oh, you good right. <laughs> are you really good as a group at putting that behind you or does it linger and sting even though you go on and beat washington state um i think we did really good of letting go of the past few games and i just really focusing on now uh washington state but um uh, i think there's still more we got to improve on um i think going into week nine we still have yet to play our best ball as a as a team and so it's nice to know that we haven't played our best ball but it's like now it's time to turn it on it's taking a bit but it's time to you know come to this next game and show everyone that we can play a lot better than what we've been playing how much have you noticed the BYU fans out on the road because they're known this program for having fans no matter where they go it's a home game everywhere we go I mean you go to Washington you went to this Washington State game I mean, I think there was more blue than there was red, and uh, I'm pretty sure when they were chanting Go Cougs, I'm pretty sure it was blue <laughs> chanting, and it was our fans taking over the whole stadium. And then you go down to Baylor University, too, and it's the same thing. The whole top half of the stadium, and more than the back end of the stadium, too, um, is all blue. And it's literally our fans taking over stadiums. Literally, you can only hear our fans chanting BYU or Go Cougars. And it's honestly one of the most amazing things to be to be able to go step anywhere in the world or anywhere in the States and know it's going to be a home game for you. It's awesome. So you're a local guy, so you get the storyline, but has Bronco Mendenhall been gone long enough that this doesn't really resonate the way it might have if he was bringing the team here two or three years ago and there's a big group of players left? I mean, there might be a scattered guy or two now, but most guys didn't play for him. Um... I think a lot of them know Coach Menhall was here for a while. Um, he did a lot of good things in his program, and um, I'm pretty sure know a lot of guys. Uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of guys know he used to be here. But I think it's just another game for us. We don't want to look and um, bring any anything more to it than it is, and uh, just look at it as another game that we got to focus on and be prepared for. So you're back in the AP rankings at 25. What do you think that means? 
you got to keep it rolling. Uh, it means that everyone knows that we're some of the top dogs of the country, and we just got to keep proving it every week. We got to come out and show everyone that we deserve to be in the top 25. Have you watched much film of them? Do you know much about them right now? Um, not yet. Uh, definitely just focused a lot on Washington State, but um, today, today, as soon as I uh, go get some treatment and, uh, and go hit the hot tubs, I'm going to go watch some film and get, get a gut jump start on these guys. How much fun is the plane ride home when you win versus when you lose? Oh, um, I think one of the coolest experiences with Kalani um, is that he lets us know that it definitely hurts, but and that we'll come back and bounce back after a loss. But um, he lets us know that real men don't ever take the loss home with them, that we're able to let go of the loss at the moment and go home and love our family and uh, show them a smile and happiness and, and just let them know like this game doesn't affect us and affect the way that we treat our family. So it's honestly really cool to see a win going on the plane after win and loss because it's hard to tell whether we won or lost because Coach just always wants us to be smiling and happy and then worry about Monday when it comes and uh, we'll watch a film and uh, address what needs to be addressed. But the plane's a little louder, isn't it? Yeah, definitely a little bit louder for sure. And you could definitely feel the energy more with Coach Kalani and everyone uh, on the win, but he tries his best to make sure you know it's all the same. Now that you've been in this program a while and you have experience because you've been in another program and you're a veteran player, uh, if a recruit comes to you and says, why should I come to BYU, what would be your answer? Um, I definitely say the family vibe, um, the energy that Coach Kalani brings in his coaching staff. Um, I feel like as soon as you're able to step in our locker room, um, whether it's game day or if it's practice time, you can see how much fun everyone is le- legitimately having with each other. And it's genuine genuine fun and laughter with each other everyone playing ping pong or making jokes together and just having a good time and uh, the family environment here it's a lot like Utah but I think there's just something a little more special here and uh, a little more family environment down here and I just love it what are the other what has been the other big changes you've noticed in the in the program or maybe subtle changes between the two programs um definitely uh, it being a players program down here um, coach Clowney believing and trusting in us that we can take control and reign of this team as captains or as players and uh, and lead us. And um, definitely after the two losses, he really let it know, let it be known that you know if we ever if we believe that it's truly a player run program, that we'll take it in our own hands and uh, talk to the team and sit the team down and be able to you know get everyone back on track. And uh, that's what he allowed us to do. He allowed the captains and the players to step up and. Uh, just take control of each other and uh, hold each other accountable for those little details that people are messing up on of the little things. And, uh, and it, it worked out. It came to true and uh, it helped us uh, come get this Washington State win. So who's the best ping pong player then? <laughs> Definitely me, man. <laughs> um, any one-on-one sport, I am the best. Oh, nice. I'm like LeBron James. I, I cannot <laughs> lose one-on-one. <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> all right, if I could just step around all the ego and the humility, this is flooding this room. Is there anyone who's a close second? Yeah, Cash Peterman is actually really nice. Um, Gunner's pretty nice, too. There's actually a lot of Conover, Jacob Conover, deadly. Jaron Hall, terrible. He's terrible. <laughs> don't don't let Jaron Hall fool you. He is terrible at me. Really? 
<laughs> you would think with the hand eye as a baseball player, he would be okay. But no, you're telling us otherwise. No, nah, he likes to say he's good. He thinks he's good, but he can't beat me. He knows the deal. <laughs> BYU wide receiver and ping pong champion Samson Nakua joining us. Samson, thanks for a few minutes this morning. Good luck against Virginia, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful morning. Ping pong champ. I think it's a it's a title worth holding. It's a family environment. We're really close, except when I'm smoking these guys. <laughs> it was uh, years back uh, when involved in youth ball. I, I told this one kid that I played uh, in the Olympics table tennis. He was like 10, 11 years old, and I still know him. And he'll be, uh, I think he turns uh, 30 here in a couple of days. And he believed me the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> he really believed it. He, he had passed the word that I was an Olympian in table tennis, you know, the official name. <laughs> Not this ping pong stuff. Ping pong. Yeah, ping pong, which is, wow, well, you watch those stars I'm just play. Pi- I'm just picturing you standing 10 feet off the table now, just... Just smacking it. Just smashing just these nasty curves, <laughs> curveballs, <laughs> catching the edge of the table. At NAU, I was part of a two-man foosball. That I should believe this after you told me about the last slide? Yes, you will. We, there's a place called Shaky Drake's that everybody went to right off campus. You could walk to it. And it was almost exclusively an NAU place. And in fact, if, if people from town came, they were like scorned. You don't belong here. Yeah. Get 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 <laughs> college place. Townies versus the yeah. college kids. And it was a, uh, they had a foosball thing. And they used to have these foosball tournaments. And I would, I was part of the two man team. And we would just kick the crap at everybody because my partner was an unbelievable foosball player. It was like anything, nothing that I've ever seen. Uh, he and I would just stand there. I wouldn't do a thing. So that's why you can believe it. Because I'm not. I'm it not, wasn't you. No. You gravy, oh no. You no. gravy trained the whole thing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. It, it was amazing. It was like he had the ball in his literal hand, not on the foot thing of the foosball guys. And and he would he'd hit it like 100 miles an hour. Nobody. You couldn't even see it, let alone try to stop it. It was just absolutely amazing how good he was in foosball, and we would play, and I'd just stand there and have to just have my guys down back at the back end and just kind of slide it a little bit. But yeah, it was so much fun to watch him go, man. He'd go to town. He was just unbelievable. I mean, he was like the he was the Tyler Algier of ping pong. <laughs> to bring it back. To bring it back. <laughs> Tyler Algier, that was a massive game. That was... As good as a performance yeah. as I've seen. His power. I, you know, I still put Staley ahead of him um, at the collegiate level. We'll see what happens at the pro level. Since I think sometimes we, when we go with this, we, we tend to look at what the guy does in a pros, and that influences it, which is it's a two different things. You know, Detmer didn't do a whole lot in the pros, but you can't take away from what he did at the collegiate level. It's, just, it's drastically different. I mean, he was on a roster for 14, 15 years, so that's awesome in and of itself. But he wasn't the big-time player. But so what? At the collegiate level, he was incredible. And I don't know what Algiers going to do, but certainly it looks like he's got a spot in the NFL. And that performance, man, they just rode that man. Very rarely do you see, especially in today's game, 
do you see a team just ride a running back? Because with the throwing and all that stuff mm-hmm. that is around now, and man, did they just ride him, offensively speaking, right to that victory. It was so impressive. I I, I would give him the week off of practice. I mean, geez. They had 69 snaps in that game. <clears throat> he had 32 carries and two catches. Yeah. 34 of 69, it's almost 50% of the plays went to him. And at some point, you're Washington State. You know what's coming. I mean, you just have no chance of stopping it. He was so good, I would give him Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week. We're not in the Big 12 yet, PK. But that's how good he was. Slow down. They are in the Big 12. They just haven't started yet. That's all. They are Big 12 members. They just haven't begun to play. But he was that good that... Sorry, Williams at Oklahoma. Forget you. <laughs> you needed a late rally to beat KU, which stands for Kansas. In my world, KU stands for Keith Urban. But Algier, so impressive. Great, great, great performance. You can't say enough about that. The durability, the power, the strength, enough speed. Wow, that was incredible. 32 carries, 191 yards, six yards a pop. I would hard to believe with those numbers that they only ended up with 21 points. I would have looked up to the uh, press box and said, "Geez, hey, Rod, can you give me a break here? I'm gassed." <laughs> no way, man. <laughs> Either way, you're going to be playing. I mean, you could block. That's fine. No, I'll take him out. You got Mason Wake and uh, Low, 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 Low Peeny. You got other guys. Saying it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, DJ and PK, there is Samson Nakua. Nick Ford will join us coming up at 8.30. Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach, coming up at 9.30. The question of the day is on the way. Stay with us. The New Zone lineup is here. With the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10, followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 7, live and local, all day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone, powered by kslsports.com. Hot Texter Toast is brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair? It's 2021 and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment. Or visit www.utahairmd.com. Question of the day. People are already getting after it on Facebook and Twitter. What happened to Utah's defense against the Oregon State Beavers? Gave up 260 yards rushing, 468 yards of total offense, and 42 points. Okay, some of them came on special teams. That's a separate problem. Yeah, Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, But they just couldn't get stops and could not get off the field when they needed to. They had them in third and sixes, third and eights, third and tens, and Oregon State kept converting. What happened? Yeah, I was stunned. I picked them to win, and I thought they were going to win 
comfortably. And they get off to the 14 zip start. And I'm thinking, okay, they are going to win comfortably. Mm-hmm. This, this is easy. It's like I thought. But a whole lot of mistakes and just couldn't make plays. Defensively, that really surprised me. And I realized Devin Lloyd went out in the second half for a good portion of it. They, they've got to stop with the ejections. I, I wish they could do something like uh, if the degree of flagrancy, if that's a word. Uh, but because it's like they treat every targeting like in golf, you can hit a one inch putt and a 350 yard drive. And they each count as they one count shot. stroke. Yeah, <laughs> there's no difference, right? That's the crazy nature of golf. Uh, and they each count the same. Well, targeting could be just extremely cheapest shot ever. Versus, uh, you just make a play. The kid lowers himself. You get a little lower. Boom, you're gone. And not just that, you're gone for the half of the next game too. Depending, or unless it's in the first half, then you're gone for the second half. Uh, I wish they could do away with the ejection. Make him do like 50 push-ups right there and everybody <laughs> watches. <laughs> He's got to go to midfield. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> something else or right on the chalkboard or something, but the ejection and then the half suspension just seems so outrageous for a hit like Devin Lloyd's. Uh, because, okay, you want to call and you want to give a 15-yarder, so be it. But the ejection... It's nobody feels good about the ejection, whereas you can just cheap shot somebody as high as possible, and the penalty's the same. It's like a one-inch putt or a 350-yard drive. It's the exact same, but I guess they couldn't put referees in the position of being judges That's and subjective. juries. Yeah, because yeah. it would be crazy. But nevertheless, I wish it could. So that, and so that was a it, blow, having him out. It, it was, but it was going poorly before him, and right. it went poorly after him. I don't feel like it changed the game. You'd obviously rather have him than not. I don't know. I can't say. I wonder if it's going to be more of an impact against UCLA. Oregon State's number one in the league against the run. UCLA's number two, in, or excuse me, Number one, rushing the ball. I got you. And UCLA is number two, rushing the ball. Well, particularly uh, DTR went out injured in the last series of the game, and they had to bring in the freshman Garbers, who is the brother of the Cal quarterback. And he's just a freshman, first-year freshman out of Newport Beach, and he throws a pick there. Uh, you can say your con Chip Kelly said yesterday, oh, we got all the confidence. I wasn't going to say, oh, my gosh, we're screwed. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a freshman up there. I mean, Sam Darnold didn't win when he's a freshman up here. So, And he had had a couple of games experience for SC at the time when he came up here. So I'm expecting Garbers to come up here and beat the Utes. Not so much. I don't necessarily know that Tom, uh, DTR isn't going to play, uh, but he did get hurt and did come out, and he did tweet, uh, I'm he tweeted okay. He's okay, yeah. But nevertheless, so but what, what does that mean? Yeah, you're okay, yeah, yeah. but can you throw the ball 40 yards? Well, and you got to yeah. be able to move, too. His big thing is his versatility, not just he doesn't sit back in the pocket and just throw. If he, if that's the, if that's the case, then Utah will win easily if he yeah. does that because that's not his strength. No, they're run, so, run, and then throw to mess you up. We'll have to see uh, how, how it uh, plays. They may get another break like they got with Delore and from Washington State. But I was very disappointed in Utah's defensive effort in that game. One of the worst ones that I've seen. I'd like to spell it differently, but I can't. The 42 yards and the 468 yards say that that was a bad performance. 42 points, yes. 42 points, the 468 yards. That doesn't really leave any doubt. Uh, The Mandalorian says, well, what happened? Oregon State's offense is really good. They came in number one. 
in Russian, and they did what they do. You knew what was coming, and you couldn't stop it. We were just talking about that with Tyler Algier. That surprised me. Good for them. They're really good. Great. Still surprised me because Utah's been built on defense for many, many years. Stout against the run. We've heard it forever. We've seen it forever. Yeah, so that still surprised me. Killicam here, 801, says uh, they did the same thing BYU did, BYU did to us. They punched us in the mouth, and they moved us back. It's as simple as winning the line of scrimmage. Our big guys can move your big guys. Uh, same thing. That surprised me. Think it means anything for next week that this has now happened a couple of times? Well, tell me who's quarterbacking first. Yeah. So until I find that out, I don't expect Utah to lose to a first-year freshman quarterback who has thrown a few passes. Rob says Utah teams always get full of themselves sooner or later. (laughs) That was it? It was just ego? Yeah, I mean they went eight and one in the league two years ago. Yeah. So unless you're, unless you're going to be the Sugar Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, you got me. Be Alabama, never yeah. lose. Yeah, if you go undefeated at some point, I guess you could say that about every team. The funny thing is that Utah lost nothing as far as their goals. There's, I still favor them, and I saw a thing yesterday. They're still favored to win the South by like sixty five percent. No, no one is going undefeated the rest of the way. There's no way the Devils, they're three penalties and a drop pass and a punt. <laughs> I mean, why, you, there's no way you can expect them to go 8-1. and one. So the Utes have to beat UCLA, turn it from a three-team race into a two-team race, and then know that they got the tiebreaker on ASU, and ASU's going to mess up another Well, game. I think Utah might, for that matter, too. I think they can mess up both. That's the thing about it. Either but they this, got the tiebreaker if they're both at 7-2, and two, or which six is 6-3. Ooh. Oof. What? Oof. Now you can end up with a 3 or 4. Well, I don't think you end up with a 4-way tie. SC will lose again. Oh, no, no. You're, you you have again. a tendency to overthink. Uh, either this division is highly competitive or extremely mediocre. It could be both. The two don't have to be exclusive. I don't to me they are, but if you think otherwise that's your call. Uh, if you if you suck and you're competitive, you're going to be thought of as sucking. So, if I've got a bunch of lousy teams, I don't say, "Wow, they were really competitive." So, I don't think they can be both. I think we go to one or the other. By by saying it's highly competitive, that means there's some great teams battling it out. Whereas if you're mediocre and you suck, that's going to supersede competitive, even if you have a bunch of teams within one or two games of each other. And the way I look at it, Utah, Utah has a heavy advantage because the Devils have already played Colorado, and Utah still has Colorado and Arizona ahead. Sweet. If they had already played one or both, then I would favor somebody else. Arizona. But since they have two gimmies there. Yeah. Arizona State's got one gimme left on their right. schedule. Right. And but it's the, a rival game. Uh, I don't think it'll matter, but it is a rival game. And so that adds something. You know, you got embarrassed and you lost by 62 points or 63 points last year. 
So uh, that means something. I don't think it means enough by any stretch, but it is a rivalry game as opposed to Colorado and Utah as a snooze fest uh, in terms of any passion. We can at least... At least we've stopped with that nonsense. Nobody tries to build that Nobody, <laughs> Nobody's bothering with that. No. They tried in the beginning, but no. Nobody nobody bought it, and it went away, and it's a game that you're forced to play at the end of the season. What they should do, I guess they can't because everybody else is playing their rivals. It's just mix it up so you don't play Colorado. Right, but it screws up another rivalry, and the other ones mean something. Right. So you're forced to, and that was the downside. Uh, of that. If they went from a pure rivalry stance, they never would have brought Colorado in in the first place. Uh, so they get, they've got two gimmies left. So I still think it, them, I could be wrong, but I think the only thing standing between them and the Rose Bowl is Oregon or Oregon State. And I'm not sold on Oregon. They're okay. Won another close game. They have won a bunch of them. Dropped one of them. They're, and that was one of Brown's better games that they had there uh, in the Rose Bowl on Saturday. But as far as what Utah lost, they win the division, even if it's your worst of the three, if you should get it, so what? You're still playing one game for a trip to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. And... There's something to be said for this. Obviously, isn't a great Utah team by any stretch, but is it good enough? Yeah, I, they're still to win the South. It is, no doubt. And if for no other reason that the Devils are a penalty fest, they've had three games in which they've gone over double digit in double digit penalties. They lost two of them. One was against Southern Utah, so you could withstand that. Maybe it's something. Uh, if they were to play Utah State or Weber. They would have it double digit. Maybe it's something about Utah. Oh, really? Is that <laughs> yeah? <laughs> Southern Utah, BYU, Utah. Penalties, penalties. Maybe penalties. they've been upset that Brigham didn't say, "Let's go south." Let's. Uh, this is. It could be the place where it's warmer. You know what I mean? Maybe. Maybe it goes back to that. Why didn't we get the cred? <laughs> <laughs> but nobody's expecting them to go undefeated the rest of the way nobody zero no one there's not a soul on the planet including themselves expecting them to win the rest of their games and even if they did the Utes could still win because there's nobody on their schedule the rest of the way that looks like wow that's going to be really really hard they got five games left. They're certainly going to win two. And the other three, they could go 3-0 and or 0-3 or any combo in between. They'll probably go a combo. And if they go 2-1, and one, the odds of them winning are really good. Who's going to beat them? UCLA, Oregon, or Stanford? I, that's not <laughs> what I asked. Those are the three. Who's well, going to beat them? The way Oregon State ran the ball, the way UCLA runs the ball should worry you fans. They own UC Los Angeles. They have done very well against them. You're right. They have done very well. I think Joe Williams just ran for 15 yards this morning. <laughs> Joe Williams. <laughs> Throwback! <laughs> I was in the Rose Bowl that day. It was just a joke. 300 yards. Wow. Yeah, 330-something, if I remember. Just kept taking off on yeah. these 50, 60, and 70-yard runs. We're expecting 
the Bruins to to toughen up here? It'd be the first time. <laughs> so they they've got this, and they're going to be the best of a mediocre bunch. And then will they be good enough to beat a good team? There are what good teams out there? Oregon State, good team. Well, they didn't. Last time around. I don't know that Oregon State's going to win it, so I can't answer that. Oregon, I'm good pr- team. Not great team. Not top 10, although they are top 10. They're is there only one great right? team in college football this year? It's just Georgia. Everybody else? I don't know. I don't Cincinnati know. and Oklahoma were struggling with one-win teams. Navy and Kansas are great. They aren't even mediocre. But Cincinnati and Oklahoma struggle. Well, so you just pick out one game. Well, that's two games, actually. No, each team plays one game, oh. so it's only one game, actually. I mean, so I can go pick Oklahoma game struggled with a great. bunch of teams this year. Well, their defense sucks. That's what they always do. Is this breaking news? I mean, I, I know. I, I don't think why their you defense. Do. Charlie Brewer was all that. Against they've what? Won, they've won 23-16 and 19-16. They've had offensive issues. I don't know. I'm not following Oklahoma. Well, who cares? I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. I, I wanted to discuss Pac-12 and the locals. I, I, I mean, they, what difference does it make? Because none of our guys are going to be playing in the college playoff anyway. So That's a true story. I mean, let them go do what they do. And then, so I'm, I'm, I, I can't tell you. I don't know. I'm not, I couldn't name you one guy on Oklahoma's defense. Uh, and I'm probably never going to be able to because they're not going to be in a Big 12 when BYU gets there. But the other teams, I'll be able to tell you a whole heck of a lot. So, certainly Oregon is capable of beating Utah twice. But Utah is the same thing, vice versa. So, and we'll know more after Saturday night. Because to me, even if they lose Saturday night, they're still going to win the South. But winning the South when you're not good and you don't get to the Rose Bowl, it doesn't really have the same luster. Whereas when you win the South and you're a really good team and you got a shot to get to the Rose Bowl, that means something. So if they go and suppose they lose two more games and then lose in the conference title game, ah, well then you're then you're seven and six. Yeah, there's, which there's has no. happened. <clears throat> yeah. But there's no luster compared to, hey, you're 11-1 going in and you lost to another top-10 team. Right, with an NFL quarterback. Right. right. That's a completely different vibe. Right. Or it, you lost the game, but you didn't have your quarterback, and you didn't have your running back, and your best receiver tore his ACL in the middle of the game. The football gods were against you, as opposed to going in 7-5 and five and getting beat. And you're just like, well... We're pretty average. We were the best of an average bunch, right? So they even could, coming out of that eight and five would pretty have pretty much the same vibe, and that could happen. That very well could happen. Which, if I step back and I look at it, because I, I still think we have to remember, Rising is only in his fifth start, right? And so, better days certainly are ahead for this football program. I really believe that. Uh, they're going to have a lot of guys back. Yeah, I mean, they lose a they're, few. They're big going games. to be favored next year. You, I can already tell you because USC will have a new coach, and you expect ASU to have a new coach, and UCLA will be breaking in a new quarterback. It'll be Utah. Yeah, yeah. 
Because these youngsters who got the experience last year, it's like it really didn't count. It was practice experience. They weren't really playing for anything. There were no fans. There was, was no pressure. Five, it was five games and there was no crowd noise. Right. And it was, it was like they were practice games almost in a sense. You had more people at a spring game. And it didn't really count because, it, you know, once you started having two games that were postponed and then a hastily thrown together game, it's like, what are we doing here? I mean, the whole management uh, got caught up in... Putting games on TV and trying to limit the damage to the budget. Well, they were trying to save face because all the other conferences, conferences out were there... were able to get the games in, and you're over here playing five games. Yeah, and they, it sounded so good, and you can get into politics, and clearly that was part of it, as everything is. And then you had to save face, because wait a second here, nobody, uh, nobody died, and uh, these other teams, other conferences are playing 10, 11 games, and we're sitting over here doing nothing. So, uh, it's basically last year is this year. They're still listed as freshmen. Although Kyle was hilarious, I don't even know what a true freshman is anymore. Right? There isn't. There, yeah. Who knows? I, I agree with him. I agree with him. But I think the stuff that we would have seen last year, if it was a we're regular still seeing season, some of it now. I think. Well, I think we're seeing a lot of it. Yeah, that's You're my not point. seeing it in the wins, just in the losses. No, yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with you. Because we're, I think seeing, they yeah. got some benefits out of last year, but they did not get a full season of benefits out of last year. Number one, they didn't play a full season. Number two, what they played wasn't real. I think they got minimal. Yeah. And so they're getting it this year. The point I'm making is it sets up for next season. I mean, they'll lose Devin Lloyd and Britton Covey after six junior years will be free to go too, so there'll be a handful of guys who go, but the core of the team's coming back. The overwhelming. Overwhelmingly, yeah. the core of the team. And if Rising keeps himself healthy, knock on wood, he's going to be way better next year. You would think so. You would hope so. Build yeah, off of this. He will. He will. There's no question about it. So the offense in this game, as much as it's easy to dump on the running game, and that was problem number one, and certainly special teams continue to be a problem. They've now given up three touchdowns on special teams. Which in is shocking games. because they were so good for so, so long. long. And they are not good now. That is just not good. Offensively, they were really good. And then they had issues in the red zone. The two fourth down stops yeah, yeah. down there. We were the the biggest reason I was wrong about the game was the numbers on Oregon State and their third down defense. And yet on critical third downs they got it done. And then they doubled down and did it on fourth down twice too. And it made them kick a couple field goals. Now one of them, you know, they were playing to extend the game, so they chose to kick that one. Right. But that's still a lot of yards you get down the field, and you get four more points if you punch it in the end zone. Well, on the fourth down, you get seven more. Um, so they they left some points out there. 34 is a good number, and Kyle said, typically we win. Mm-hmm. Like, Well, yeah, yeah typically yeah. you do, yeah, yeah. and you still could have won because you could have put up 45 or 49 in this game without much imagination. I guess 48, two touchdowns on those two fourth down stops. Yeah, I don't know. They would have won, though. I mean, yeah, you can't just not. take everything that it's the same and do the right. whatever your point you're trying to make. The offense was fine. Yeah, they stumbled in the right at the goal line a couple of times, which was unusual. Uh, but this is a young offense, and they're going to they're gonna be fine. Keithy will probably be gone. I assume he would go to the NFL. Uh, and uh, the other guys, i got to check to see what grades they are. Uh, who knows? I can't remember now with last year. But this is the natural progression of where they were two years ago when they were really good, sent all those guys to the NFL. And so now they're going through some growing pains. But if you take a step back, uh, this is part of the process, and they're setting themselves up to be really good next year. So I'm fine with it. But if they can go 4-1 and one in their last five, especially if they beat UCLA, 
then they probably win the division. Odds would be stacked way in their favor. And they'd be eight oh, and four going into the title game. Seven and two will get the Utes in yeah. there. And eight and four, take it. In a rebuilding season, yes. With a and you you get to the title game for the third time in four years, yeah. Run with it, man. I would take that. DJ and PK, it's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone. Nick Ford at eight thirty. Blake Anderson at nine thirty. The roller coaster. Next. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. It's a game Cougar fans have circled for a long time as Bronco Mendenhall makes his return to Provo as the Cougars welcome in the Virginia Cavaliers. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 7 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings Brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Football Friday is presented by Stonehaven Dental. At Stonehaven Dental, they say yes. Yes to free exams and x-rays for new patients and flexible appointments. Say yes to great dental care. Visit StonehavenDental.com to schedule an appointment. Another weekend of college football. Another wild ride. Ups and downs, emotionally all over the place. Why do we do this to ourselves? Brian says, that is an excellent philosophical question. The answer (laughs) is, I don't know. Maybe it's a microcosm of life where we have many ups and downs, but in the end, we enjoyed the ride. It's unsettling to be part of this roller coaster that has been uh, the football season, even at the Aggies. With they've won a bunch of close games, crazy, you know, not clocking and hurrying and kicking a field goal and missing it badly and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm in the car during that stretch, that last stretch Mm -hmm. on Friday and listening to Scotty. It's complete down to the 22. They're going to kick a field goal and win. That was a great two-minute drive by CSU. The offense, and I know they messed up the special teams part of it beyond, but the offense... They just went right down the field. They did. Got first down, <laughs> stopped the clock. It was super efficient. Very impressive. And then all of a sudden, it's too bad you didn't get to see it. Well, maybe you saw it later. I did. Yeah. Uh, but when there's like 15, 16, 18 guys running around, I was trying to count. How many guys are on the field right now? Well, it was on <laughs> Twitter within seconds. So. Oh, my gosh. That was hilarious. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it, And so what his... Pass complete to the 22. What was left unsaid is, oh, no, they're going to kick a field goal and win. Yep. It's hard to get caught up for me in those types of emotions, but I realize people do. But if you step back, we're dealing with 18 and teenagers. Mm -hmm. When do teenagers make good decisions? (laughs) If they do, it's only by dumb luck. Most of them, at least the ones I've been around. Not my neighbor's the, kids. They've all been perfect, and it pisses me off. <laughs> the, the kicker's over there. He's just waving guys off the field, but they're not looking at him. And then you got to – he tries to, like, take a deep breath or something, calm himself down and focus, but – It's too late. That thing was headed left. It was a duck. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why is he waving people off. They should have wa- – actually, they should have taken uh, – could you have taken the uh, too many men on the field and then, then give you time to regroup? Because Spike did. They could have done almost anything except what they did. Uh, so it's funny that we get caught up, and it determines our weekend mood and our mood going into the week. It doesn't make any sense. Kids, especially this year where everything 
on our part of the country has been so up and down week to week to week, game to with sometimes game to game or within a game, it has been. And if BYU would have lost that, the fans would have been crushed. They didn't. They're six and two. Right, but then if they lose this week, and Virginia's six and two also, yep, they are, and throwing the ball very well. 400 yards. 400 yards a game, number two in the country. <laughs> yeah. Right. They but now BYU's looking, BYU's looking at somewhere between 8 and 4 and 10 and 2. Oh, 8 and 4 is guaranteed. Yeah. They got two gimmies. Yeah, but when you're 5 and 0 oh and 6 and 2, 8 and 4 isn't good enough. You want more. Yeah, you, you may set, get more. You set the standard within yourselves this year. And 8 and 4 won't be good enough. For the Utes, ironically, I think that for a program that's been better than BYU, 8-4 and four with the South Division crown, if you call it that, will be good enough. Set the stage. Ramp up the hopes and expectations for next year. Yeah, and you can argue that same thing for BYU for next year, but because uh, I don't think Hall's going anywhere. Uh, and he should be, but, but you know, you have to worry about him game to game being available. And that, that's been an issue for him, for sure. Uh, I assume Algier would take off. I don't know that. But if you're a running back and they're giving you the ball 32 times, there's no point getting beat up for free. That doesn't make any sense. Off to the NFL with you. Yeah. Get paid. Right. You don't get to take that many hits. Right, exactly. Nick Ford, Ute offensive lineman, has joined us at 8.30. Coming up next, what is trending? All the headlines next. Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. O'Neal back taps it out to Conley and resets Donovan. Comes off a Gobert pick for an off-balance three, and he rocked it home. Big sequence right there. Jazz back within four. They give it to Clarkson, who always gets it to end a corner. He works on Bagley, fires the three, swish, and the Utah Jazz will head to the fourth quarter, leading the Sacramento Kings by the score of 81-80 on the Jordan-Clarkson three. He fights over the pick. Donovan trying to free himself. Crowd loves it. Donovan driving to the rack. Power throw it. Donovan Mitchell, magnificent. Turnover, fast break, O'Neal, Togo Bear, slam dunk. And the Utah Jazz beat the Sacramento Kings Friday night, 110-101. to They improved to 2-0. Back at it tomorrow night against the Nuggets. PK, that was a game that was going back and forth, but when they needed to turn it on, when they needed a 10-0 run in the fourth quarter, they got it. Yeah, something to be said for that. We are the better team. Yeah. And the Kings played with a lot of emotion for game two of the regular season. Obviously, well, they're, they're in a the different jazz. place. They're the big dog. So, yeah, you're trying to prove to yourself that we're good and beating the Jazz, that goes a long way towards proving it. And they couldn't get it done. They didn't get it done last night against the Warriors either. No, they didn't. They've dropped to one and two now. Uh, yeah, but that, that, that was plenty good. I don't understand why they have fall break now. <laughs> Three days off. <laughs> well, it's been a grueling two games. It's weird that we got to wait till tomorrow. It seems like they should be playing tonight. Agreed. 
<laughs> or they could have plugged the game in on Sunday and just played every other day. But I suppose they're trying to stay away from the NFL to a large degree. A few teams play on Sunday, but it wasn't a very big schedule. The Lakers always play on Sunday. Yep. I watch that game. Get my free package for the uh, next few days. Rudy Gobert pulling down another 20 rebounds. Mitchell scores 27. It's kind of, this is what they do. Oh, Hummer. This is who they are. Now, a little more excitement because the MVP is coming to town. And then another whole Hummer because they're playing Houston. I mean, you look at the schedule and assume well, they're going to start 3-1 and one or 4-0. and oh. I don't look at the schedule. And they're on their way so far. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Lakers. Here's Carmelo. Got it! Now it's LeBron's wide open. Got to take it. LBJ! Good move by Reeves. Gets in the paint. Open is Carmelo. This is the shot. Yes, sir! Yes, sir! Quickly in the front court to pool and takes a return pass. Over to Curry. Right side. Lots it fly. Three ball Curry. That quick release. Golden State on top. Quarter to Curry. Fades and fires. Left wing. Three is true. Highlights as the Warriors beat the Kings. 119-107. Steph Curry. 27 points, 10 assists, and the Kings go down to feet again. The Warriors getting rolling, and Steph Curry making sure it happens. Lakers narrowly avert the 0-3 start. They beat Memphis 121-118. to Carmelo gave them 28. Yeah, that's not going to happen very much. Should Laker fans be worried about the Lakers? This is just a little blip at the start of the season. It's a talking point now and will be completely forgotten in February or March. Well, I think you're a Laker fan, so you are entitled to the title. Entitled to the title. I like that. And uh, so they think they're really good. I mean, they got all excited when they got Westbrook. I didn't see where he fits in. I don't think they're going to win the title. But Laker fans do because that's who they are and that's what you expect. And more often than not, you're right. John Morant went for 40. Massive number, but not enough for the Grizzlies. Two of three with no, uh, well, tenth of a second left or whatever. And so he he was fouled on the three-pointer, and he made the first two, missed the third. LeBron James avoiding a major injury when Desmond Bain fell into him during that game. is attended to by team trainers, but ended up playing uh, 40 minutes, so... Said he felt sore. Says he'll be ready for the Spurs on Tuesday. I believe him. After a one and two start to the season, Nets forward Kevin Durant said the team is not waiting on Kyrie Irving to come in to save the day. Well, we're playing in a game. I'm not going to sit there and say when we get down or it's a tight game, like, damn, we don't have enough. No, no one is going to lose confidence while we play in and hope Kyrie comes in to save us during the game. Nope, we got to play. Everybody here is confident in what they do. We just got to play. I agree. Move past that and go get the W. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Third down and seven. Tannehill firing deep left side. Got a man. Got a catch. Got a touchdown. Titans. Arthur one. Brown. What a throw. What a catch. What a six. Burrow in the gun on third and two. 
two. He'll look to pass. Quick throw. Nice. Slant caught by Chase. Runs to the three. Nice. Breaks off the pass. He's sprinting down the middle of the You're field. Gone, the Ravens 40. See pulling you. away at the 30. 20. 10. Touchdown. Ooh, How great is Jamar Chase? Ooh, 82 man. yards to the house. The snap. And fakes the run. Drops back the throw. Now flushed out of the pocket. Rolls right. Throws right. Caught in the end zone. It's a touchdown. And it's Christian Kirk. He dropped one earlier, but hung on to that one. Second touchdown pass for Murray. Robert, I know when you guys can move the D in certain directions, you can kind of get an indication of just how bad it is. Are you guys thinking it's more PCL, or could this be ACL? You know what? We'll know more tomorrow, Connor. There's uh, uh, initially we feel good, but you never know. Well, it turns out it is the PCL. It just Adam Schefter just reported it that it's going to be uh, two to four weeks for the Zach Pacific Wilson. Coast League. No, posterior cruciate ligament, <laughs> the ligament behind the ACL, forms the X in the middle of the knee, stabilizes it, as you know because you were pre med. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Jets get blown out by the Patriots. Really put it on them, fifty-four to thirteen, and Zach Wilson will be out two to four weeks. Other highlights in there, you heard the Titans taking the Chiefs apart. Three points for the Chiefs. Worst offensive performance since 2012, 27-3. The Titans improved to 5-2, tied for the best record in the AFC. Along with the Bengals and Ravens, you heard in there the Bengals blowing the Ravens out in the second half. It's a close game. The Ravens actually took the lead early in the third quarter. And then it was just one Cincinnati touchdown after another. Impressive win, for yeah, sure. it was. Big win. Statement win. And that Chase is a great player. 82, 83 yards on that touchdown. That was a long one. And Joe Burrow ends up throwing for 416 yards and three scores. Yeah, that's awesome. And the fourth team at 5-2, and two, in addition to Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Tennessee in the AFC, is the Raiders. Easy win over the Eagles. They dominated that game. They win 33-22. Derek Carr, 31 of 34 for 323 yards. Yeah, 90% completion rate. That'll get it done. 2-0 since the big uh, coaching move. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple more teams at 4-2, Chargers and the Bills. So a cluster of teams there at the top of the ASC. Six teams separated by a half game, all sitting on two losses. In the NFC, Arizona is undefeated. A perfect 7-0. They breeze to an easy win over Houston, 31-5. And a lot of blowouts. Tampa Bay, a really easy win as the Bucs improved to 6-1. and one. They beat the Bears 38-3. Tom Brady throws career touchdown pass number 600, and Mike Evans didn't realize it and gave the ball away. Lost a souvenir there. Lost some memorabilia. Packers went to 6-1. and one. They controlled that game with Washington, and the Rams had to come from behind to beat Detroit, but they get it done. They were down 10 early in that game, but they win, and they are now 6-1 and one as well. Cowboys are off their 5-1, so they can get that ball back if they wanted. Go find it. Pay for it. Yeah. Monday Night Football, the Saints and the Seahawks. 6-15 on ESPN. The Saints holding on to that last playoff spot in the NFC, or next to last playoff spot, I guess, in the NFC right now. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. Up for Derek Wright. Caught. Did he get a foot in? You bet he did. Touchdown Utah State. Derek Wright. Low 
Hogan Bonner looks for it all. Has a man. It is up. It is caught. It is a touchdown for Utah State. What a throw. Derek Wright put two on the board, young man. Sterling Utah's going nuts tonight. Waiting for the snap. Coles. Hold down. Kick is up. Looks good. It is good. Utah State holds on to beat Colorado State 26-24. They take control of the Mountain West Conference Mountain Division race. They are in first place with a half-game lead and tiebreakers over CSU and Air Force. Good spot to be in. they got Hawaii coming in this week. We will talk with Blake Anderson coming up at 9.30. You've been to Sterling, Utah? It's going nuts tonight. No, I had no idea what he was talking about. Oh, yeah, Sterling, Utah. It's a tiny little town south of Manti on Highway 89 in Central Utah. I've never been to Manti on Highway 89 in Central Utah. It's a good burger joint down there. We should check it out, PK, and play Palisade State Park. Well, he almost ran out of breath there. He did. <laughs> but he threw you a golf course, so now you got a little motivation. <laughs> okay, I'll get right on it. I have to wait. We're kind of ending the season here. Utah State 5-2 and two now, 3-1 and one in conference, and they have played what looks on paper to be the tougher half of their schedule. You got New Mexico and New Mexico State down the stretch. You got Hawaii, who's got one road win this year. There are some W's on the board here to take down the stretch. There are, sure. Yeah, I expect them. All right, we'll have Blake Anderson on. He'll join us coming up at 9.30. DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. Romney in motion on third and goal. It's Algier leaping into the end zone. Touchdown, BYU. Tenth rushing score this season for Algier, and BYU leads for the first time today. It's Borgie. Keeps his feet and finds the end zone. Touchdown, Washington State. Here in the fourth, it's Algier. He finds the end zone again. Touchdown, BYU. Algier's second score today, adding to his banner afternoon, and the Cougars add on. It's Algier. It's an Algier first down run, and that will do it. Tyler Algier, 32 carries, 191 yards. He scores twice. He's the man. The O-line, even though they didn't, uh, they lost Empey there. The O-line did well in front of him. They run the ball and grind out a 21-19 win over Washington State. Big Algier. Impressive, man. Can't say enough about how awesome that was. The losing streak is over. A perfect 4-0 against the Pac-12 with USC looming out there in the season finale. But you got to feel good about where they're setting up now. A big game coming up with Virginia. A couple of 6-2 and two teams squaring off Saturday night. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. And the play action throw for the easy six. Keithy lost, then found. Coletto is now in as a fullback. And Nolan is going to throw it to Coletto for the touchdown. Rising burns me twice in the first half. Three times you're not going to burn me. Block punt is picked up. Scoop and score for the Beavers. He's in the wide receiver very much to the top, but they're going to stay inside with BJ what a move to the end zone. Touchdown, Oregon State. Oregon State beats Utah, ends the three-game conference win streak, 42-34. Baylor running for 152 yards on just 19 carries, eight yards a pop. 
Huge numbers for him. And Oregon State, down 14-0, rallies to win that game, 42-34. That block punt, scoop and score, they had another one. Got called back on a technicality. Two guys wearing number eight. Okay, well, it's a rule, so I guess it's a penalty. But it's got nothing to do with, hey, could you block the guys running at the punter? Well, didn't he kick it into his own guy? Yeah, that was a weird one uh, on that. And then they end up uh, Oregon State on a play that doesn't count committing a personal foul. (laughs) And they overcame all of it. Yeah, the kick returns earlier in the season, and now the blocked punts. What is going on up there? We go down there a lot for BYU, but up I guess there. we're up there. Up there. Yeah, as we look to the east, depending on where uh, you are. Taking the special out of special teams. Yeah. Kyle, we'll get questions about that this morning, coming up at 11 a.m. as weekly press conference. Well, special teams were big. The blocked punt, and then uh, Washington State blowing a PAT. And then running some funky reverse or something when they tried to go for two and end up losing yards. So that that was who knows what would have happened if uh, they would have just converted that PAT. You know, the score would have been tied. I I don't know what would have happened. You can guess, but it didn't happen. And I don't know about the block punt. If they got that punt off and there wasn't that scoop and score. And Kyle's got some stat where if you block a punt, your chances of winning go up incredibly. Yeah. 80% or something. Outrageous. So, yeah, the, the, the nature of this season is just throw your hands up in the air trying to figure it out because it has been so up and down for just about everybody. No one's been immune. Even Gonzaga basketball. What? Staple of the West. What? I mean, what? What? What, what? We're talking college football. Gonzaga doesn't play football. It's Gonzaga basketball got to do with this. College season will you got a DUI. Enough. When's that ever happened before? Never. I mean, it's just been crazy this year. I don't know if it will continue into basketball, but ba- football has just been outrageous on our side of the country. Go ahead and try to predict anything outside of Arizona sucking. And Arizona on Friday night, they, they have a nice lead going into the fourth quarter. They did. Then they have a chance to get the ball back. And Washington punts, and Arizona's got 12 guys out on the field. Come on, Arizona. <laughs> Washington, two late touchdowns to win that game 21-16. I thought the streak was snapped at 18. Watching that Certainly game progress. Like it, yeah. Watching as that game went along, I was like, man, PK wanted to lose 20 in a row, and it's not going to happen. Washington can't get anything right. I know. And then they did. And while they know they're going to punt, and Arizona's got too many guys on the field and gives the first down to Washington, and they win the ball game. It's incredible. That's what the whole nature of this football season in the West. It's just been unlike anything that I've ever seen. So Arizona keeps losing, and now they got USC 19 in a row. Will USC make it 20? You wouldn't mind seeing Arizona snap the streak against USC. You would find no, that funny. No, no, no. Really? No. All the USC guys you know? Well, that's you a could long time ago. They, they, they've, they've written off this season. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. And my and my hatred begins and ends with the U of A. No, the SC thing is long since gone. And as far as Arizona and Colorado being really bad, Colorado playing one and five Cal, and they get worked twenty six to three. Worked. Even against a one and five team, they can't. Yeah, I think Cal was the best one and five team in the country. <laughs> and I told you, Arizona and Colorado, whoever won that game, which was Colorado, that's going to be it. I think we're going to have an zero and nine and a one and eight. 
And Oregon beats UCLA 34-31. And uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, that was an awesome performance. Forced a fumble, had a couple sacks, four and a half tackles for loss, wreaking the kind of havoc you've expected out of him. Now, he hasn't been healthy enough to play, so we haven't seen it. And defensive guys don't win the Heisman, but how many defensive guys are better than this guy when he's healthy? He's super good, yeah. I would yeah. take him number one. I don't know who's going to get it, but and I don't know who you would have that may have more of an impact than he can have. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. In motion, Navarro. Fake. Peters rolls to the end zone. It is caught. It is caught. Yes! And it's good. Yes! Would die to his left. Not surprised. Give him the ball and let him walk it into the end zone. His fourth touchdown of the day. Travis Dye didn't even get touched. Chance Bell, he remains the running back. They want to continue to run. He is down to the goal line. Tell us. Touchdown. Aztecs. Snap to Stroud. Back to throw. Arches it down the right side of the end zone. And it's caught by Olave. Here he is. For the touchdown, Chris Olave. Highlights from another wild day in college football. I don't think there was anything weirder than the first ever nine overtime game. Illinois upset seventh-ranked Penn State 20 to 18. Wildly unsatisfying, highly criticized. I'm expecting a rule change. This can't last. It's not nine overtime. I know. It's just like one play back and forth. I only call the uh, San Diego State victory over Utah two overtimes. The rest that doesn't that's, those aren't overtimes. One play does not an overtime make. Right, right. No, that rule's got to change. And why do we why do we call a two point conversion? When we call a ten point conversion, we're just making crap up. And kick the extra point. What are they going to do? Say it. No, we're we're going to kick the extra point. <laughs> <laughs> what well, what are they going to do? And, and then would you lose to the team that scores from three yards out? If, if it the, throws a touchdown it, pass or no. runs it in? Yeah, well, if they get two, we're going to jack it up. Let's jack it up. Why do you have one. to go for two? Kick <laughs> the extra point. It's probably in the rules somewhere. It's probably got some garbage. Yeah, but what are they going to do? Tell you you lost and run off the field. <laughs> no, the other team that, that still has to get the ball. They haven't won. That's like just like you would just take a knee. Now Penn State has to go play Ohio State, and they possibly outscore the Buckeyes. It's going to be a primetime game next weekend. Not based on what I saw Saturday. Ohio State taking it to Indiana 54-7. The other ranked team to go down, previously undefeated Oklahoma State, loses to Iowa State. So now we've gone from 11 undefeated teams down to 9. Coastal Carolina lost a weeknight game to Appalachian State, and then Oklahoma State loses on Saturday, so... Nine unbeatens left in college football. Nobody in the Pac-12. That sucks Oklahoma for you. I feel bad 12. for you. You're going to have a big undefeated season, and you're still going to go to who the first responders bowl. Well, not if Cincinnati <laughs> can mess something up. <laughs> so now you're rooting against Wait a Cincinnati. One loss Cincinnati <laughs> can finish in front of undefeated San Diego State. So now you're forced to root against Cincinnati, man. you got a convoluted uh, I just, life. I just hope they keep on winning. I, was, I thought they were going to lose to Air Force. That was a good win. <laughs> Why? 
They're going to lie. And you think they're going to lose to Fresno? You think they're going to lose to Nevada? You're a fan. Yeah. You got your fan, boy. Air Force has had a lot of good games against him. Great. And that meant a big difference in 2021, didn't it? Nope. (laughs) That one and the conference title game. Two sweet wins against Air Force. Oh, brother. 7-0. You act like, well, yeah, you're in this business, so you lose your fandom. Not fan, boy. (laughs) Got to hold on to something. Why? Because it's fun. I want to ride the roller coaster like everybody else, like we were talking about in the last segment. I know, but you've been in the business 37 years. You're not supposed to. I don't roll. I don't ride the roller coaster nearly to the degree I did. Oh, you're over there rooting against Cincinnati versus Navy. Come on, no. stop it. You weren't too. No, Nobody it was early believed. in the day. I thought San Diego State was going to lose, and it doesn't matter. I still think <laughs> they're going to lose, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> what? I just take a conference title. I didn't expect that this year. That'd be great. You didn't? No. Why not? Because I don't believe in Brady Hoke. And I could be totally wrong. <laughs> he could go undefeated. Do you believe in, in God? In an undefeated season in 52 years. Do you believe in God? Yes. <laughs> you calling Brady Hoke God? I mean, what are you, where are you going here? What's your point? She want to find out what you believe in. Okay, great. I'm calling Brady Hoke God. What are you doing? But I also wouldn't use the D after God like you do towards Brady Hoke. It's totally unacceptable. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Bogarts, the 0-1. And this is lifted in the left field. It backs up Brantley. He makes the catch. And the Houston Astros are headed to the World Series. Your 2021 American League champions, the Houston Astros. Pitch on the way. There's a shot to Dansby. He slides to it. He's got it. Throws over. There is a new champion of the National League. And it is the Atlanta Braves. They have won the 2021 National League pennant. And the Atlanta Braves are going to the World Series. Braves and the Astros. It starts tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. All the teams that won 100 games, and there were three of them. Gone, gone, and gone. Tampa Bay, San Francisco, and L.A. All sent packing. Now can the 88-win Braves take down Houston? Sure. They've gotten this far, why not? Yeah. Cardinals plan to hire Oliver Marmol. He's 35 years old. He was St. Louis's bench coach the past two years. Extremely well regarded within the organization. That's a cool name. Marmol. <laughs> He's younger than eight Cardinal players who played this past year. Adam Wainwright, older. Oh, by four years, five years. Got here, Molina. Older. Bet maybe he's the right guy. 35, have you ever heard of him before? Is he a... Uh, oh, I've been comer in the business. Is he one of these uh, Ivy League stat guys joined with the GM at the hip? He's actually drafted by the Cardinals in 07. Yeah, come on, man. There it is. Marmel? <laughs> so you don't know, huh? All right, DJ and PK. <laughs> Hashtag RSL. RSL beaten in Chicago. Dominated in the opening 45 minutes. They've been good in the first half. Chicago's been terrible. Chicago had played midweek, and RSL was rested, and you never would have known watching the game. Oh, Chicago. 
They get the goal, and they had a 17-year-old goalkeeper who's supposed to be pretty good, making his ninth start. He did come up with a couple of very clutch saves in the second half to keep the shutout and beat RSL. Disappointing loss, big negative result in the playoff race for RSL. There had to be some other teams in the West who were very happy to see that score. RSL midweek against Dallas now. They'll be at Dallas on Wednesday night. Never thought they were going to win them both. Thought it was a win in Chicago, loss in Dallas was the best case, most likely scenario. Now they got to go against the odds here and find a way to win in Dallas because they only got two home games, and I don't think six points is going to be enough to get them in. So they're going to have to find some points on the road somewhere. They got this one, and they got a season ender at Kansas City. Need some road points. Not the dreaded rival. Yeah. Hate them so bad. What is trending? It's brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Nick Ford, Ute offensive lineman, joins us next. Stay with us. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. It's a game Cougar fans have circled for a long time as Bronco Mendenhall makes his return to Provo as the Cougars welcome in the Virginia Cavaliers. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 7 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it is time now to talk Utah football with Nick Ford, center for the Utes. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows the 2022 budget planning for most businesses is underway. Take advantage of their Save Now, Pay Later promotion and do your part while by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net. Nick, good morning. Good morning. So, Nick, how do you explain to people what happened in that game? Because at the start of that game, it looked like you guys were just going to dominate them, and then they really took control of that thing. That was as much as you can really see a game turn that quickly. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, give credit where it's due. They got a lot of athletes from scholarship as well. They're a very talented team. We did come out the gates hot, and uh, we need to continue to, you know, push that and um, – not not let it die out, continue to score every drive on offense and continue to stop every drive on defense. But uh they got a they got a good thing going over there and you know, they're a talented team for sure. So Nick, I knew you grew up in Pedro, so you're very familiar with the Pac twelve. I don't recall and I've been following it for a number of years, anything as crazy as this season. Has anything come to mind? Because there has been so many wild games, ups and downs for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I I'm at a loss for words. Like you, man. I've been growing up. You don't really see. You kind of have like you know your your top guys and the lower guys in the conference. And uh, I mean, it's still you know even back then the Pac-12 was like uh, even those bottom guys could be the top team every now and again. You know, put the whole conference head over heels. And um, now it's more or less just like a free for all, and everyone's just beating up on each other every single week, every single time. And, not even every single week, but every single game. It's one one second is this team, next is that team. So, I mean, it's Pac-12 play and 
the CFBs like that too right now. So I mean, yeah, it's just crazy all over. Well, you had a couple chances to flip that game back and win it, and you had fourth down, and you're down there in the red zone, and you weren't able to convert, and a couple touchdowns there might have changed the outcome. Maybe Oregon State would have, you know, flipped it again. Who knows? I'm curious what you think, though, when you hear fourth and one or fourth and two, and it's a pass play. Is offensive lineman does that irritate you a little bit? Uh, you know, offensive linemen are going to be greedy. We're always going to run a, run the ball. But at the end of the day, you know, my coaches, uh, you know, I have faith in them. I have faith in my receivers. I have faith in my quarterback, you know, to, you know, go out and execute. So if they believe that the pass call would be the better call at the time and they believe that our quarterback is going to get to the receiver, our receiver is going to catch it, you know, I'm going to make sure that my man doesn't get nowhere near the quarterback so we can make that play successful. You know, selfishly, offensive linemen is always going to want to run the ball and put the team on their back with the running back. But at the end of the day, I have high respect and trust in my teammates. So, I mean, you know, if, if that's the play call, I'm going to go out and execute. You know, it's on to the next play. Since the conference went to 12 teams in, I think, start for the 2011 season, no team has gone 9-0. and zero. It literally has never happened. Uh, so not like you can look at and blow this defeat off, but it was almost inevitable that you were probably going to lose a game. And so what's the attitude as far as, all right, you're 3-1, you're and one, but you're still in first place with five games to go, so you still have an excellent chance to win the South Division. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, you know where you're sitting overall. And the, the thing is, you know, you don't want to go ahead and start looking towards the future. We understand that, you know, we're first in the South right now. But the most important thing is playing UCLA this coming Saturday. I mean, that's that's more important than anything. Um, you know, whatever happens in December with that Pac-12 championship, that's what happens. But um, we're not going to get there unless we go one week at a time. So that's what we really got to focus on instead of getting uh, caught up in a lull of uh, settling in first place right now for the South. You know, Nick, we've been doing this for a while, so we've heard a lot of players and coaches on a lot of different teams say that, and sometimes it rings true and sometimes it rings hollow. I would think this week it rings true. If you just look at the standings, a chance to – if the Bruins win, so you both have two losses and they'd have the tiebreaker. If you win, you're up two games in the loss column and you got the tiebreaker. This is a huge game. There's no need to look ahead. A massive game is sitting right in front of you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's going to be over here at Salt Lake. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's at nighttime, so it's going to be a crazy crowd. I know they got a talented team, and we got a talented team, and, you know, I'm looking forward to it. We're, uh, you know, we already started watching film, and we're going to go out and practice a little bit, lift some weights, and, uh, you know, get to execute and make sure our game plan is getting ready and tightened up already starting Monday. Um, and that's that's just what we got to do. We got to, you know, knock this one off our shoulders and understand that this week really could mean everything. Cam Rising seems to pull some stuff out of the hat on a third and long, and he manages to get first downs through his running. Uh, how fun is it to block for him? How, how hard is it to block for him? How fun is it for it to how block for him? Because yeah. it looks like he's going to be caught or captured or cornered in, but somehow he gets out of it and he gets a first down. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, the, like the play that comes to mind is when I threw my guy on the floor and I stood up to block him again and I saw Cam just boom go right by me and you know he's sneaky fast um it's fun knowing that you got a guy back there that can move around um but it's also as offensive lineman it's scary at some point too because you know sometimes uh those guys get a little happy footed especially when you know the defense does a good job covering and they try to run and then 
you got to know how to let your guy go. And that's that's the one thing a lineman doesn't, you know, want to do is, you know, the uh, DN's pulling away and the tackle doesn't know the quarterback's not inside the pocket still. But, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. It's a different uh, different feel every single play. You know he's going to be moving around. You know he's going to be put in the best spot, whether that's uh, moving in the pocket to throw the ball or running down the field. And I always tell him, hey, Cam, if you, if you need to break the pocket and you want to go, just call my name and tell me left or right and I'll start running with you. I don't know if I can keep up, but... <laughs> So the way you say that, you got to know to let your guy go. It kind of suggests that you might be holding and figuring, I'm going to get away with it as long as the guy's trying to get through me to the quarterback. But if he turns to run away, it becomes really obvious to the ref I'm holding. Did I read that yeah, right? Exactly, because, I mean, that's, that's offensive line play no matter where you go. Anywhere in Pac-12, down to SEC, all the way to the NFL. I mean, um, Hold, it's, it's, it's more considered holding when your arms start getting extended and without outside of your frame. Um, but there's there's no way you're gonna be able to play patty cake and move somebody who's hitting your hand. So you know you gotta have tight hands, a solid punch, grab and drive. And uh, it's harder for those tackles. Not as hard for the interior, but I especially remember when I was playing tackle where you know that that DN just you know starts going away from you and you try to get up on them and you know that one split second. You can even let go, but that one split second is, is, is not a good look. You're a veteran guy. You've been through the ropes in this football program. So many of your teammates, uh, they're young, and last year they played, but it was such a funky season. No crowds, games being put together at the last second, games being canceled, all that stuff. How much different do you think it is for these young guys compared to last year? And even though they got some experience out on the field, it wasn't the full football experience that they're having to go through this year. Yeah, I mean, it's completely different. And I mean, uh, everyone, even if you play a new position, is it's, it's completely different. The, having a crowd noise and the atmosphere, everything, it changes everything. I, I don't know really what there is to say about it. Um, like, for instance, I know some of the guys had a rough start. And, you know, they're now starting to come around and understand like, how to perform under their circumstances. And, you know, I could even talk about myself because last year I got moved to center and really didn't have no um, – center quarterback exchange issues but the first couple games you know you kind of start getting a little amped up start holding though you hold the ball a little too tight then it starts going out where you want so i had to learn to you know when i heard that crowd roaring that you know you can't grip that ball like that so i mean uh it's, it's definitely a change in the atmosphere because it changes you know your intensity and how hard you grip things or how hard you hit somebody or you know just your overall passion and that's uh, i think one thing that our guys have came around to and done a really good job of doing but this is way more fun than that, right? Oh, yeah. Way more fun. 100% more fun. All right. Well, you're right. It is a Saturday night game, 8 o'clock with UCLA. That ought to be fun. We're looking forward to it. Good luck, Nick, and we will talk to you again next week. Appreciate it. See you all there. Nick Ford, University of Utah Center. Join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I didn't even think about that with him as far as center. It's different this year. Now, his guy's a veteran pro guy and a veteran in the program, I'm trying to say. and But moving to center uh, last year for this year, he, he sort of counts this year as his first full season. And I think maybe I underestimated that whole thing. I, I know not having a crowd there is different for a lot of reasons. I never considered a center in a shotgun gets amped up hearing the crowd noise and that can mess up the snap. That had never occurred to me. Right. 
I 100% believe him. And there were a bunch of reasons I thought crowd noise was important. You know, it can rattle a team on the road. They can lose their composure. Uh, it can certainly make getting plays in and, and changing play at the line of scrimmage hard. I think we understand all of that. And, and if it amps up a quarterback and he overthrows a deep ball, okay, I even get that. I had not considered the center at all. But lots of things are just a little bit different when you take the crowd away, and that's just one more on the list. So I think in, in the final analysis, there's still games to be played, obviously, for the Utes. They've already had their bye, so they still got five, right? Uh, I think I overestimated them this season. And now that I've seen it, uh, I can see that I overestimated them. And so, although I picked them to go nine and three, uh, I think you'll which, probably be wrong, but you could be right. The odds of teams going undefeated from here on out not great. Somebody in the conference could do it. Well, yeah, but, but all, it's all, not great. all Utah has to do is go three and zero, and that makes it easier. It do. Oregon, Oregon State have to play each other, so that will. Knock one one of those teams is going to have to absorb a loss. Utah and ASU could both win out, but they won't. Oh, I'd be sh- I'd be, be shocked, shocked if Utah. you would be shocked. No, because Utah has both- Arizona and Colorado left. Oh, I thought I thought you were going with the both. If they both won out, you would be shocked. Oh, if I combined them both, yeah, that's what okay, I said. Okay, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, I understand. But you're I right. If one team yeah, wins right. out, it would be more likely that uh, you-, you said and. I thought you meant or, but yeah, you're right. I got you. Arizona State still has to go to Oregon State. That was hard for the Utes. They always lose when now they go there. <laughs> November, and, and they start the game at 10.30 at night. 10.30. Pacific time, no. not Eastern time. <laughs> and it Come seems on, like man. it's a driving rain. Uh, and, they, and they freeze the field so it's ice. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> if they actually did that. You bring those they lose soft, their- sunny uh, Arizona desert guys. <laughs> Now who's being the fan? <laughs> well, Oregon State's got a good team this year. And the Sun Devils, they might be the epitome of wildly inconsistent. They might be the, the poster team for what this season in the West slash Pac-12 has been. What do you got? How many penalties are you going to commit? If you commit five, you got a good chance. You commit 25, not so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. They lost five in a row up there, although they've now won two out of three. Yeah, but last year doesn't count. So you're only going to say one out of two then. So that means six losses in the last seven trips up there. Right. And then this is their third year in a row. Yeah. Come on. Larry Scott always had it out for us. (laughs) You can't blame him for the third one. (laughs) Why not? He's Larry Scott. Because he knew he was toast (laughs) and he had no input on the football schedule. Yeah, do whatever you want. I'm out of oh, here. Added, they added the game last year. That one you can pin on him. Right. You, you can pin 2020 Well, on that's him. why it's this year for three in a row, because of last year. I can do the math. <laughs> so I can so pin it on him. So that's how three in a row works. Yes, so All I right. can pin it on DJ him. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Blake Anderson, Aggie head coach, in the driver's seat. In the Mountain Division. He's going to join us at 9.30 right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. 
The new zone lineup is here. With the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 7. Live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Utes at 50 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Utes fall 42-34. Certainly a lot of it's on the defense against the run and special teams, but the offense had some opportunities they didn't cash in on. Cam Rising on the goals for the Utah offense moving forward. We just need to, need to finish in those situations. There's no, there's no other way of putting it. Just make sure that we, we do what we need to do as an offense to make sure that we get that ball in the end zone. Utes were stopped on fourth down in the red zone a couple times in the 42-34 loss. That's your Utes of 50 update brought to you by Bill Bar, whether it's double chocolate, peanut butter brownie, or salted caramel. Enjoy a Bill Bar, 100% real chocolate, 100% real delicious. Order yours today at Bilt.com and save 10% off your order using the promo code ZONE at checkout. That's Bilt Bar. Your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. They are a lot of confusion. Are they yeah. going to be able to get the field to go in? Where's the Where's clock the not clock? starting? Why is the clock not starting? Here comes the field goal attempt. Low snap. Kick is up. And it is no good. He missed it left. He missed it left. Confusion on the field by Colorado State. And the Aggies are going to win this game. Kevin, what the hell just happened? No. It's CSU again. What's with the weird CSU endings? Well, he can't go what the hell just happened twice. Sorry. 14, 16, 18 guys running around out there. You're spiking the ball. You're kicking the field goal. And go ahead and explain what they need to do. Miscommunication. Spiking the ball would have No, been no, good. no. About what they do for the contest. Oh, at 4.50 today? Yeah. yeah. You got your chance to win. You got to know the play. They'll ask you what the play is. I mean, you're not hearing Al Michaels do you believe in miracles? <laughs> you can't do it. You got one shot. I texted him. I was listening. I was in the car, and I heard it. I heard Did it. Did you really text him? You can't. You can't go twice. Uh, no, funny. no, you can't go twice. Not what the hell just happened. He. It was four, Scotty. You know it was. No, the first one worked big time. The second time, like, do you believe in miracles? I don't believe what I just saw. No. <laughs> Other famous calls. Every time there's a diving catch. I don't believe what I just saw. <laughs> there's, there's, there's three most famous calls of all time. Do you believe in miracles? The Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant. No, no, no. I Jack Buck, I don't believe what I just saw. That's a good on, one. Uh, it was Gibson's home run, right? And then the Durant shot. I've seen it all. Yeah. <laughs> Al Michaels. Yeah. Jack Buck. Patrick Kinahan. Yes, exactly. Two ASU grads. 
Me and Al. I don't know where Jack went. Jack snuck in there. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. You can't have a monopoly. It just doesn't look right. <laughs> yeah. Those are your three most famous calls. I do want to talk to Duran about that. I mean, he's won Olympic gold and NBA titles, but I'll bet he remembers a shot from the, his first summer league game. Yeah. Oh, I've seen it all. And looking over at the broadcast table, smiling at us like, yeah, that was pretty There's cool. video of it. <laughs> oh, I've seen it all. <laughs> he looks over. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I am awesome. <laughs> and he was. It was awesome. <laughs> it was a summer league game, but. Irregardless. Yeah, I, I agree. A play's a play. I mean, I'm still talking about Zach Wilson's practice throw. <laughs> oh, I've seen it all. And I had to step on you there. You did. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to stop the broadcast. Durant's looking at us and smiling. He knows. You're loud, PK. <laughs> the crowd was going nuts, and he heard you over the crowd. Your piercing voice. Well, I was right next oh, to him. I've seen it all. <laughs> 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 and you make fun of everyone who does play by play, and then you hear that, you're like, that was fun. That was a good time. <laughs> I make fun of people who do you play. You do, I'm too. jealous. You mock I got us. three games you mock. as a color analyst. You mock me. And boom. You mock me. You mock Scotty G. <laughs> I'm trying to help both of you. <laughs> oh, you, would, you would mock Steve Klauke if you could track him down. <laughs> <laughs> mocking. He would, Steve. Trust yeah, me. If I mock everybody, I mock no one. No, those are the three famous calls there. You can't. Hey, hey, next time I do a color analyst job, I'm not going to scream out, oh, I've seen it all. <laughs> oh, I've seen most of it. <laughs> <laughs> but they let me do it for three games, then I got fired from that. Didn't really get fired. Sure I did. I they didn't ask me like, back. Yeah. That's true. I they, didn't ask, they didn't ask me back either. I but didn't. you didn't. You get hired to do it all the time. I think like the next year there was a lockout, and then the whole summer league went away for a couple of years. Yeah, you get over it. You get yeah. what you get. Nobody has asked me to do it again. Yeah, you did a quarter up at the Huntsman Center. You did do it again. No, we I went didn't. up there. Yeah, you did. We went up there and we rotated through a doing the quarter. That. Doesn't I count. <laughs> but you were back on the mic. Give me a break a quarter why because Locke went to Hawaii so yeah, I got yeah, to that's do a, it that was our big break <laughs> <laughs> that was it change the course of I always wanted to be everything. a color guy that was my big shot and nothing ever came of it and I thought I was excellent Blake Anderson Aggie head coach is coming up at 9 30 question of the day on the way stay with us Visit the Ford Fan Zone on Level 6 during the next Jazz game. There are free Papa Shot games, cornhole, and foosball tables. Enjoy incredible city and mountain views while relaxing, enjoying food and drink, taking in the game, and socializing with friends. Question of the day. Another weekend of college football. Another ride of emotions. Why do we do this to ourselves? It's crazy. More stressful game. More stressful, dramatic win. BYU over Washington State or Utah State over CSU? No, I think Utah State all the way. On the surface, the last second kick, they'll lose the game. The two-point conversion would have tied it. You'd have had the ball with a chance to go down and win it. And if you didn't, you'd have had overtime. But were the stakes higher for BYU because the expectations were higher, so they felt more pressure in the moment? No, they're not playing. They're going to the Independence Bowl. And Utah State can win the yeah. division and win the conference. And then where do they go? I don't even know where they go anymore. Uh, the L.A. Bowl. It's your league. The L.A. Bowl, maybe. I don't know. The kids have reorganized everything. I haven't memorized it yet. Yeah. 
Well, you're, well you got the Chompy in the Aztecs. Where are they yeah. going? Yeah. And I don't know that anymore if they're even doing that or if they're just going to send them to the one that makes the most sense financially. Well, if you're going to go financially, then stay home. <laughs> <laughs> you can drive up to Boise back. <laughs> I can research that for you in the next break, PK. Uh, and then Utah's maddening. Blocked punts. Here a punt, there a punt. Blocked everywhere. I mean, the, <laughs> yeah, Oregon State's got two guys with the same numbers. They should have put tape on it real quick. No, no, you didn't see it. It's 18. <laughs> uh, and then what the a rever- technicality. And yeah, the referees even known, noticed it. Good on them. Well, Kyle said in the post game that he was yelling at the refs, that he noticed it. So oh. I don't know okay. if the refs uh, already right, knew that's it. That's right. You're right. You're right. Or if Kyle pointed it out to him and then they saw it. That's so stupid. And, <laughs> and then they get twice on the one yard line and they can't get a yard they get these great drives this is just maddening man I, I I'm so glad that I don't get on that roller coaster because if I did I, I would have wanted to punch a wall in my house if I was a youth fan Saturday night it's just a little dent though it didn't wreck the season it's a little dent yeah, but it's in the moment though in the moment. It's frustrating in the moment. Yeah. Even after the blocked punt, I thought that was a great response. They got the ball. They drove down the field. They punched it in the end zone. They retook the lead. Reestablished right, Oregon right, State. Right. right back down the field. And that's the roller coaster. Oh, no, they blocked a punt. All right, we're in the end zone. Oh, no, they're in the end zone, too. The blocked punt in terms of scoring basically was canceled out by the gift that Oregon State gave the Utah offense right at the end of the first half. So they basically each gave each other seven points. Uh, so that washed out. But I think you're just going to have to get used to it this year. It's going to be up and down the whole time. And they only got five games left. So so as long as they go four uh, and one, that should do it. They got the tiebreaker. If that's your goal, then yeah. Then that should do it. If, that's your, if your goal... Is uh, in and of itself and completely and we'll get to the Pac 12 championship game and then play a good game when you get there. But you can't control that right now. All you can do is make sure you get there. Yeah, but see, then you're just setting yourself up for more disappointment. That's the whole point. Get off the roller coaster. I know, but that's part of the fun. You know, you're signing up for it. Well, don't do it. No. You could still have fun with it. Without being part of the roller coaster nature of it, I do. Have fun with it, enjoy the wins big time, but minimize the suffering and the losses. It's now impo- you don't get to it's enjoy impossible. the win. Oh, it is not. It is too. No, you not. can't have one without the other. No, actually, you can. You can't. No, you can't. If you want pleasure, you've got to have pain. Because how do you know <laughs> that pleasure is what it is without the pain? Sing it. I don't know what the. I thing- think there's a song out there. I'll oh, find it. For I you. don't know. Um, they they go hand in hand. You can't ha- you cannot get jacked up on the wins without suffering on the losses. It doesn't work that way. People, get on the app and agree with me. Can you be sky high on wins without suffering for the losses? No. Cuz how would you know to get sky high? Why would you get sky high? You haven't been at the bottom. You haven't experienced the worst. Get on the app right now, grab your phone. 
You have to have one with the other. They go hand in hand. Use our app. Use the open mic. They're Send like DJ take. and PK through yeah. multiple stations, multiple owners, multiple decades. Well, They're one without the other. When you put it like that. Yeah. I'm nothing without you, and you sure as crap ain't anything without me. Yeah. Just it took you 15 years to figure it out. <sighs> Suck, man. It's a process, PK. Yeah, it's well, a process. it was much easier for me because I'm more humble than you. That's why. Obviously. And so you have to have, in order to have the pleasure, you have to have the pain. Or else you wouldn't understand the pleasure. You couldn't have the thrill of the missed field goal without having the CSU offense shred your defense in a two-minute trail. You have to have the agony in, in, to, in order to enjoy the ultimate high. You have to pay your well, dues. Then i got to hang on because I've had 50 years of agony with the Padres. Something good's got to happen. Let's go. No, you haven't. You We're haven't due. 50 years We're of, due. You You're right. I mailed in the last 10 years of pain. No, well, but still, totally minimized you're it. going to the World Series in the moment. Oh, that is fun. pleasure. It, it was fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah be, I mean, beating the beat Braves, when you get there. So, beating I mean, the Braves when they were loaded with Maddox and Smoltz and Glavin. That was a good time. I don't remember, but, yeah, but I know time. that they went to the World Series, right? And they lost to the Yankee team that won like yeah. 150 games. And I was crazy out of my mind as a fan in college when they went to the World Series the first time. They've only been twice. Oh, yeah. What was it? The, the they were ground down, ball the, with the Cubs or yeah, something? Yeah, they were down 0-2 to the Cubs. And they won the last three games. Yes. And they were down in game five. They gave up an early home run, maybe two, actually. Yeah. And they were, I think they were down three runs. And they rallied in the sixth and seventh innings. And Cubs, when that. they went to the playoffs, I was 84. Yeah. I was in Chicago that day. Oh, were you really? Yes. I had, I had had one of those moments. They, they'd gotten drilled in game one and game two. They got down big and they rallied and loaded the bases and got the, the tying run to the plate and hit a tr- fly ball to the warning track. Mm-hmm. Grand Slam would have tied it. I thought, oh, if they come home 1-1, they would have had a chance. Turns out they came home 0-2, and they did have a chance, and they did it. Right, so that's got to be a high. That's got to be a big-time high, because you were having pain, oh, and then was. in the very yeah. series, you end up the improbable three in a row. Right? Yep. Yeah, that, that's got to be that a... Good times. That, sure, yeah, that's got to be a highlight... Sucked if when, not the highest sucked, in, in Padre history. Sucked when Goose Gossage thought he could sneak a fastball past Kirk Gibson. That sucked. But, oh, well. <laughs> Gibby. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> that went a long way. And tried way. to sneak a backdoor slider past him, too. Yeah, little did I know that wouldn't even be Gibson's most what famous was the, World what Series What was homer. the best one-legged performance? Mitchell last year no. or Kirk Gibson? Gibby. That was an all-time. That was an all-time. That was an all-time all-timer. Because he literally was on one leg. He was. It was. It was phenomenal. He had no pressure. No, no he could have. No he could have balance whatsoever. He could have. If he did a line drive to right field, he would have ground out to right. <laughs> they would have thrown him out from 280 feet out there in right field because he would have been limping down the line. Yeah, that was spectacular. Right. But you got to have some of those. you just got to minimize the lows. You have to have the pain in order to experience the pleasure. And you can't be halfway in. If you're halfway in, you know what you are? Halfway out? No. Oh, you're in the way. All in or in the way? If you're half... Well, that, that's Kyle's Yeah, I know. I spiel. thought that's where you were going. No. If you're, if you're only halfway in, you're actually minimally... And this doesn't equal math, but I suck at math anyway. You are... Three quarters out. You are. Uh, you and your math. If you're only halfway in, you're three quarters out. And I'm spe- we're speaking to fans who are all the way in and who are crushed by losses. 
And to me, particularly at the college level, it's crazy to get on that train. 19-year-old kids. Yes. You know they're still learning. Yes. So you put them in front of 20, 40, 60,000 people, whatever, and right. then they don't come through and do things exactly right. Huh. I'm shocked. And you're 40 years removed from walking the campus. I can't be that mad at that 19-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. But yet you're You had two hands on it. Why didn't you hold on? You're brokenhearted. Mm. See, that's too strong. A lot of people are. No, that's true. Depending Absolutely. on what the moment is. Yeah. If you've yeah. lost four games and then you lose the fifth game, you're not brokenhearted. Right. I get that. Right. But whatever but if you're 12 that and 0 and playing for the conference title game yeah, yeah, in the playoff, yeah. Yeah. yeah, then the TV cameras will pan and you will see distraught, despondent fans. Right, right, right. Yeah. Who aren't family. We'll set that aside. That's a different deal. It is a different deal. 100% a different deal. Right. And it always amazes the me. The A&M's Kickers family, which just yeah. keeps getting replayed every weekend right. one way or another. It. It's your yeah. husband. It's your son. Yeah. Come on. You've got a as tight as an emotional attachment as you could possibly have. But it always amazes me, like Oklahoma, you'll see when KU was scoring a little bit on Saturday, they, some 55-year-old dude is acting like he just got the worst news ever. <laughs> <laughs> I see at 55, you probably have gotten the worst news ever, so then why would you confuse this with that? I know, but they just get so into it, yeah. man. It's so crazy to to think that. Why would you subject yourself to that? Because you want that glory, that that high is so intoxicating that you're willing to take it. It's like an addict, I guess. I don't know. I have never been addicted. I can't. I'm not making light of it because I don't I have no experience on that. But I, what we hear, what we see, I have been to uh, AA meetings for family, uh, but I've never had it myself whatsoever. So thankfully, knock wood, whatever you got to do uh, to to not be involved in that. But you are addicted, in a sense, to it. I can relate it, to me, to a good golf shot. Sweet. I got to do that again. Yeah. But it might not happen on the next swing, or the next hole, or the next nine. But it will happen again. I went out, and uh, on Thursday afternoon, you know, the weather was good, and we're running out of time, right? So my wife and I go out to Riverbend, hook us up with a couple of younger guys, and I'm, I'm driving the ball down the middle. I don't hit it very far, but everything is fairway, fairway, fairway. At about the sixth, seventh hole, the kid says to me, man, everything is right down the middle. I said, yeah, today. <laughs> you get a laugh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the nature of it, you know? And, of course, then we get to eight, and it's a par five and for user played Riverbend. And now he jinxed you. I hooked it. Yeah. But eight corresponds on the left with the 18th fairway coming up. So you had a good lie anyway? Straight shot in? All sorts of room there. It's yeah. all, Unless you go a little right, you can go OB, but it's you, you would have to literally go two fairways over to go out of bounds left. I did hook it, uh, but it's a short par five, so I ended up parring it because it's a real small, easy hole. We all, you, If you're halfway decent, you ought to be able to par it unless you go OB. But yeah, so I said, yeah, today... Uh, so you never really know, but I, I can relate to that. I'm ad- I'm addicted to the good golf shot. I will f- I will fully admit to that. It's a good feeling, exactly. And there's a lot but of that's sports me. at this point. You I'm not relying to, on an 18 yeah. year old. There's a lot of sports at this point. You have to give up. Oh, in terms of playing, yeah, yeah, but 
You're not playing football anymore. You're not playing basketball anymore. When's the last time you stepped into a cage and swung a bat? Swang? Swang. <laughs> Swang. I grew up in the sticks. Swang. Swung. Swang. <laughs> I, don't, I can't answer that question. Man. You can't, too. 40 years. I don't know. Really? I swang a bat? I don't think I ever swang a bat. You did. You just didn't know it. <laughs> you, you are something. <laughs> Last time I swang <laughs> Half of our audience is going, what's wrong with that? I don't think I've... <laughs> the other half is like, you know ever, exactly what's wrong with I that. I've never swang a bat. You have to. Swing, swang, swung. <laughs> Big, bigger, biggest. Swing, swang, swang. Regardless. <laughs> oh, brother. Uh, when's the last time I swang a bat? <laughs> you can't wait to go home and tell your wife that. Can you remember that? I'm going to text her right now. Oh, okay, good. That way you won't forget it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, there was a criminal in my house, and the only thing, I had some lumber. So I swang and got him out. Well, at least it wasn't an alien invasion. That was good. Alien Invasion. Yeah, that was a good movie. <laughs> uh, I guess softball, maybe. I swang a bat, but you're not counting that, are you? Yeah. Are oh, you counting that? Yeah. Oh. Played in a co-ed league a while back, not too long ago. It was a lot of fun, actually, because our women were awesome. We had like five gals that were as good as the guys, so we had a great team. Because you you didn't need to worry about stashing them. They were you stash guys on that team because <laughs> they were all big time players. Man, put them at first, third, left, center, wherever. Yeah, they were really good players. And obviously, there's plenty of uh, great uh, female softball players and slow pitch, no less too. Yeah. So you didn't see signs? That's the Mel Gibson movie. Swing away. Yeah, I did. Okay, good movie. Yeah, I liked it. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 Zone. Right, talk, up, right up with Ice Swang. Talking I, with Blake, I seen it. But I seen it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach, is joining us next. Stay with us. The new zone lineup is here. With the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 7. Live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ PK and Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach, joining us now. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows the 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of the Save Now, Pay Later promotion and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net. Coach, good morning. Good morning. Are you just aging in dog years right now? <laughs> Football years, yes, I am. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll just keep taking them, but, man, it is brutal to uh, on the heart and uh, the nerves, no doubt. Man, what a game. On the flip side, how much of this uh, improbable sometimes, and look, look, you looked uh, – 
possible strong possibility of defeat on on Friday night. On the flip side, how much is it building confidence in the team? Like we can do this no matter what. Yeah, I think I think there's some of that there. I mean, when you look at how some of these games have gone in the last second scores and even you know surviving this one as crazy as that got, I think every time you go out, there's some there's some confidence that that builds within the team that kind of been here, done that, don't have to panic. Uh, didn't didn't panic the other night. Didn't play great in the, in the. Yes, really the first time. I guess a little bit of UNLV the other day. You know they were they. I think their chances of, of success were pretty small with time and in the situation. This this was a little different. It was more very, very much uh, a real possibility that they're good enough to go down and, and tie it or win it. So I, I think it's the first time we've really been in that. To survive it even as ugly as it was, I think it's got to build some confidence in you guys. We've been there. We can do it. And, and maybe we'll respond even better you know, in, in the next situation that looks like that. Do you think putting them in situations like this in practice really pays off, or it's just different with twenty, thirty thousand people roaring, and just the fact you're able to do it? Washington State got these guys off on the right foot and got them rolling. Yeah, I, I, you put them in that situation in practice, but there's nothing quite like the real thing. The, the energy that's in the place, the the fact that yeah, they do score here, we lose. I mean, you, you, they score in practice. Yeah, we lost the drill, but we get to try this again tomorrow. I mean, this is, you know, th- this is it. This is final. It happens, and you either get it done or you don't. You either make the shot or you don't. Uh, there, there's nothing like the gravity of that situation to learn from. And luckily, we're learning a lot of really good lessons after a win because we made a ton of mistakes that could have very easily cost us the game. And, and we've we've had this conversation before, but at least we're having it after wins and not after losses. And look all across the country, half of us got it done, half of us didn't. Yeah. A couple of things on those uh, things that you didn't do well, uh, allowing a running back uh, go for 159, and then the pass defense at the last uh, drive, which they end up missing the field goal by not. You know, we know how what happened there. Uh, what what are your what are your thoughts on a, a kid running for 160 yards and then uh, the other team allowing them to get down the field against the clock there at the end? Yeah, I would have. You know, it, it doesn't surprise me a ton that their their rushing yards is going to be fairly high. They're built huge, way bigger than we are right now, and so we're we're trying to do a lot of things with slanting, moving, and quickness. And it, at times it worked, at times it didn't. But everybody they put on the field offensively, even including the wideouts, are, are big. I knew it was going to be it was going to be about slowing them down and, and hopefully getting them off schedule somewhere and, and making them kick some field goals. And I thought we did a really, really good job of that up until the last two drives. And, and the thing about the last two drives is we got way out of character. We saw a lot of the same concepts and, and things formationally that we'd already seen in the game and defended well. I think we, we let the, you know, that, that moment, the emotion of that moment really have us do some things that, that we had not done the whole game. And that's where the frustration uh, comes in, and that's something we're going to teach off of because we literally saw – we didn't see any new route combinations, any new formations. We just got outside the framework of the defense, and we gave up some big plays. And Had we just played it the way we played them earlier in the game, in similar calls – you know, we, I felt like we could have got them off the field. So that's that's where I think we'll learn a lot. And again, we're learning it after a close, you know, win as opposed to uh, a close loss. And, and we're fortunate. And that's it. Right. 
So the media and the fan base can look at the standings and say, three and one, wow, they're in the lead. They got the tiebreaker on CSU and Air Force. They can win this division. They should win this division. So there'll be a lot of that talk. And I'm wondering, you know, you had a big rebuild in front of you, we thought, coming in off a one-win season, new coaching staff and all that. At what point did you or have you brought up winning the division and going to the conference title game? I haven't brought it up at all. We don't talk about it at all. This is the same team that the entire football world, including most of our fan base, thought would have been, you know, two and five, not five and two. So, um We've been favored in two games all year and, and, and won against a 1AA opponent and won against a team that was, was, uh, is still having won a game in two years. I mean, I, I get who we are and who we're not, and we don't talk about any of that. We're talking about being one degree better today. We, we still make a ton of mistakes that could lose us any game down the stretch. I, I said this. We could win them all. We could lose them all just as easily. And we're we're we are in a rebuild, but these guys are battling, and we're finding a way to be successful as we build. I mean, we're not big enough yet, but we overcome it with speed and quickness and and toughness and just energy level. Uh, we don't have enough depth at any position yet, but we'll get there. But we didn't want to wait to be competitive, and the kids have allowed us to be competitive while we develop, while we recruit, while we fill in gaps and holes, and, and while we build this program. And we're only going to get better. But for right now, I mean, you, you got to give the kids the credit. They believe and they're working hard and they're, they're out running and out working and out lasting people is really what they're doing. So you speak of that depth, that running back, Tyler, did not play. Your leading rusher, Noah, didn't have a great uh, average per carry, but, man, he's a tough nut who can get you some, some yards the tough way, can he? Yeah, no doubt. Physical runner. Uh, I thought he and, and Locke both came in and, and ran the ball physically. That's probably, if it's not the best front we've seen, I think the entire D-line and linebacker, I think they're all seniors. They are really good. They they handled this most of the night. But luckily, we were able to spread them out a little bit and find some creases and a huge, a couple of huge runs, especially late in the game while we're trying to get the clock down and make it really tough for them to have enough time to, to come back. Uh, I wish we'd have popped one more on third and two or three down here and, and been able to extend that drive. But I, I thought I thought Noah did a really, really good job. He protects the ball. He's not gonna outrun, you know, a defense, but he can he can make the guy miss and, and, and fall forward when he's getting collision. And you saw some of those really, really tough yards against a very good defensive front that uh I mean ultimately just enough to help us win the game. Blake Anderson joining us, Utah State head coach. Uh is Tompkins just going to keep doing this? I mean, he's got to be a Mark Band by now. Six catches, 104 yards. It's another day at the office. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, they they had him doubled the entire day. They 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 were not going to let him get singled. But he, again, you got to give uh, Coach Tuck and Coach Cephalo credit for creating some some different looks, some leverage points to get him clean. Uh, yeah, obviously, Derek Wright stepped up and had a huge game. Uh, Brandon Bowling had another huge catch or two, one of the best catches of the night on a, on a third and long late in the game when we're trying to run the clock out. So, I mean, it's all hands on deck and everybody's doing a great job, but it's just hard to take a guy away that's that versatile that can really line up at, at five different positions, and we're doing that. Uh, you're going to double him here, but then you're going to catch him in a single, and, and, and he and Bonner are, are, are doing a great job of connecting. Their timing is really good. They're on the same page, so I think there's a 
I think everybody involved gets a lot of credit, and honestly, mostly him, because hardest working dude on the team, super high IQ, and can can line up at so many different spots, and so it gives you a lot of flexibility on how to try to get him open. A sequence of plays involving Bonner uh, early in the game. It's third and long, and he puts a pass right on the money. There was the, the coverage was excellent, but it was pinpoint accuracy. Couldn't have handed it better. And the next play, he scrambles and picks up a first down. I think he punted on that possession, so you didn't get any points. But I, w- I was very impressed with him on back-to-back plays. And, you know, he's a new guy to us. You obviously know him back there from Jonesboro. But for us, we're just finding out about him now. I'm wondering, uh, getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but I, it dawned on me. you get any feedback from the NFL people regarding him? Well, they, they definitely see the arm talent. Uh, you know, he's, he's battled a bunch of injuries, so he hasn't played a full season in quite a while. The last couple of years with thumb surgery and some injuries a year ago, and then COVID made it. So to get him through a full season, and that's become a challenge. He got sacked eight times the other night. That's how good they were up front. He got hit several more. Uh, and we've obviously seen kind of the wear and tear that already he's taken this season. They see arm talent. They see a guy that doesn't need a lot of space to throw, which at that level is a huge thing because the pockets collapse so quickly. They see a guy that can move his feet enough to at least be mobile and, and protect himself a little when he's healthy. And they also see a super quick release. Now, turn the ball over too much, I think, to really say what his ceiling is. That's something he's not done in the past. I think part of that is he's learning kind of our new system. It's different than what he's done in the past, uh, and hopefully that'll just continue to get better. He's got another year under his belt. Um, you know, he'll, he'll have a complete off season in the summer, and I do think you know people are going to see him continue to grow. He does have the power to throw at the next level. Now, you know, he's not the big six foot four guy, so it would take the right system. But we're seeing a lot of guys are, that are in that six foot range have success up there right now in the systems that are they're running that are very similar to ours. You got Hawaii coming up, and for years I think people are used to them spreading it out and throwing it all over the place, but uh, they got a running back averaging seven yards a carry. Uh, what what does Hunter do so well? How are they getting him those kind of numbers? Well, they're still spreading it out, but it's more of what your, you know, your true spread, RPO, they put a lot of guys in conflict. The quarterback can run as well, so you got to have a number for him. Todd Graham, the head coach there, very similar to what they did at Arizona State when he was there. Um, it just there's enough different ways to put you in conflict that it does create a lot of space for him, and he is talented. He can go. If you give him a if you give him a gap, he's going to outrun you to the end zone. We've seen that with some of the games they've won already this year and surprised some folks. So I love the fact they got to come to us. Uh, it's going to be a completely different look than what we just saw. These guys had two and three tight ends and packed in there. Todd, you know, Hawaii's going to spread you out and try to create space for this guy. And it, it's and he is faster. Not as big and as powerful as what we just saw, but he has a lot more speed. So if you're not right where you're supposed to be, I mean, he, he can get loose on you quick. That was going to be my other question, Coach Hudson Bonner, because we've seen him now limp off, holding various body body parts as he's coming off the field. Can anything be done to mitigate this? Because it does look like he's taking a beating. Yeah, we got to be we got to be a little smarter about uh, moving him a little bit. Uh, we're going to use the screen game a little bit more to our advantage. Uh, we're we're max protecting a lot, but honestly, even when we max protected, these guys were these guys were good enough to get there. We we knew they were good. They even exposed us a little bit more. We are playing down the line on the O-line with some guys that haven't played a lot, and at times it, it, it was they were tough matchups. 
but we do. We talked a good bit over the you know yesterday and and this morning already about how to to create some uh, some different lunch points for him and to slow things down and try to protect him a little bit more. And and I mean, I, he 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 feels better I think this morning than than you might think. I mean, he did get banged up a good bit, but luckily it's just it's just that just kind of bumps and bruises. The more athletic and the better he feels. The, the more he's able to protect himself, he just got to a point the other night. He was a little bit of a sitting duck. He was, he was battling, and he's tough duty. He ain't coming out, and and he obviously made some huge throws that helped us win that game. But um, I'm hoping we can kind of find that middle ground and, and protect him a little bit more. Coach, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you again next week after the Hawaii game. Sounds great, guys. Appreciate it. Blake Anderson, Utah State head coach. It's Hawaii Saturday at 1 o'clock. Ah, the rare afternoon game, PK. And Halloween weekend. Getting late in the year. Good time to be playing in the day. Oh, no question. I mean, unless it's, you know, warm, too warm in various parts of the country. Playing in the day, especially as you get in the end of October, November, is always good. And just the reality of the situation, I think that's what you'd want. So... This is a great opportunity for them, and, and I think that as long as they don't screw up games in which they should be favored, they'll be they'll be there. Hawaii comes in four and four. You got the you got the line for this one? No. Utah State by six. Well, you didn't give me a chance to guess. Well, you said no. Well, I didn't have the line. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was I thought you guess. would just say, "Hey, man." No, I thought you were asking me, "Do you know oh. the line?" No, I don't know the line. Okay. But I, that's that doesn't matter now because you. I, I blew I, it. I, I lost the opportunity to prove how smart I am. But fortunately for me, there'll be another opportunity here real soon. Utah, UCLA. <laughs> uh, Utes, I'm going to go three and a half. Four and a half. Oh, fetch! Gosh, Virginia BYU. Eight fifteen, ESPN two. Who? And that's another small one. Okay, I'll go four and a half. BYU by two and a half. Oh! I was going to say three, but I thought I'd just go four and a half since the other ones. The other one was uh, four and a half. Washington State's at ASU. Uh, let's and and see. The, the one place you don't need a day game, that's what you get FS1, one o'clock. Yeah, we're getting late. Although, I mean, it's okay. It's not bad, but you could still do a night game and it'd be okay. And it can be hot at the end of October, yeah. for sure. I was down there. Uh, Eight years ago today, and it was blazing hot uh, because uh, my father died eight years ago today. Mm. And uh, I remember my sister wanted to go to the state fair, you know, do, do something after. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Like when, when my father-in-law died in L.A., we went to the zoo, you know. And I remember going to the state fair thinking, man, this is f- so freaking hot, but my sister wants to be here, so i got to pretend that I'm having a good time. <laughs> it, was, it was actually after. Way too hot. <laughs> it was, it was, it was. I, that, that, that's a tough game to figure. I think the Devils would be favored. I would go like uh, uh, maybe a touchdown and an extra point, but I'm thinking odds makers go more than that, so probably like, 12 and a half, 13? 15. 15! Surprises Whoa, me. Yeah. I, thought, I thought single digits. That's what I said, yeah. Right? And I, I thought that, not 10, but if you gave me 6, 7, 8, somewhere in there. I went 7. Yeah, and I could see but that. But 15, I wow. Uh, Colorado and Oregon is on Big Fox. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I mean, I get that they want to put the ranked teams out there, but ugh. Yeah, 25, 30. 24 and a half, yeah. Oregon State, fresh off the win over the Utes. 
at Cal. I think that's going to be a dogfight. Why? Because Cal's I think Cal, I think Cal's better than expected. They've got a quarterback who can put the ball in the air. He's good. Right? They're two and five. They don't win the close games. I, you, you got me. The record is what it is. Who says that? Parcells or Dungy or somebody mm-hmm. said that. Lots of people say it now. Uh, and so that game's in Berkeley. Yes. So I'll go eleven. Oregon State by a point and a half. See? I know. I again, Oregon State by seven to ten. You biased me. Arizona's at USC. Oh, I'd put it. I'd put a pick them. <laughs> SC by twenty one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh man. All right, DJ and PK. We are brought to you in part by Lee's Heating and Air. Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now for the $59 furnace tune-up special or visit them online at leesheatac.com. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Ready, 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 ready. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Utes return home to the friendly confines of Rice-Eccles Stadium for a key Pac-12 South Division battle against Chip Kelly and UCLA. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Ute pregame show Saturday with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Time for your feedback right now. What happened to Utah's defense against the Beavers? Jeff says they went to the Oregon Zoo. <laughs> Thank you, PK. <laughs> hmm. There's no such thing as a state zoo. Paul says, uh, as far as Tom Brady and uh, touchdown pass number 600 and Mike Evans gave the ball away, he says, uh, the Bucks did get the ba- ball back, and almost right away the fan, a fan essentially gave back half a million dollars. It was still the right thing to do. Got a ball and an autographed jersey. Yeah, yeah. Could have sold that thing on eBay and made a ton of cash. I don't see how. But I don't deny that it could happen. <laughs> right? I just these don't two, understand. These two it. things are both true. You're not going to make a half million dollars. Although you're probably going to make a half it's million a dollars. It's a football. Yeah. I mean, Ralphie got it for Christmas because he couldn't get the uh, the BB gun, which he ended up getting anyway. So that was cool. Steel United one one one. Unbelievable. Not one word about USU. Us? Yeah. I hate them. <laughs> Missed the coach in the last segment, I guess. Weaver must really oh, be Oh, I pissed. tweeted out earlier. Yeah, right? That's a big road win for them. Eastern Washington. Number two in the country. Is that save their playoff bid there? Because the, the season mm. was trending away. It was a tough schedule. Now know. they got a marquee win. Who's sitting up there first in the big sky? Is it Northern Arizona? Oh, no. No, no. no I'm, I'm No, our strength of schedule sucks. We had to play Arizona. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> I teed you up. You're welcome. Uh, Montana State's 5-0. and Sac State is 4-0. Sac State? Who coaches Sac State? Utah's former offensive coordinator. That's right. My guy. Eastern Washington and UC Davis are both 4-1, and so that's a lot of uh, Did you know that Sac State, Troy Taylor, was a quarterback at Cal, and one of his, one of his receivers, I think his name was Michael Ford, 
if I remember correctly, and I remember him, I think it was Michael Ford, but I know it's Ford, and Ford's son, he went on to have a son, two sons, uh, and one of them plays center for the University of Utah football team. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, did not know that. <laughs> and we had him on earlier today. Nick Ford. Nick Ford. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks to uh, Nick Ford for coming on today and Samson Nakua and Utah State coach Blake Anderson. We are out of time. Coming up next, it's Jake and Ben right here on The Zone.